It's Josh Williams here, and welcome to another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast, guys, brought to you by Absolute Comedy. I'm here today with a good buddy of mine. I love watching this guy. We really only get to see each other primarily on social media, watching each other's stories and all the fun stuff going on. He is an amazing comedian, super accomplished actor, and both television and, <laughs> Thanks. and film. You are, dude. Brian nice Scalero is here with me today. Brian, Hi. thank you so much for being a part oh, my, of this. My buddy. pleasure. It's good to see you again. Finally... Somewhere not cold. <laughs> we don't have the pressure of performing. Right. Usually when I see you, we both have to go on stage. This is nice to just relax for once. Right? Yeah. We're hanging out at your place. Thank you so much for Don't, welcoming. I appreciate you driving here. It was oh. sheer laziness. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So I was more than happy to. Your time is worth something. You enjoying I your trip? What's that? My you, shrimp? Are yes. You enjoying your trip? This? Oh, the trip. Yeah. yeah no, I'm not sure. <laughs> I thought it was. Really, oh, this is platter you've laid out yeah, for us. We're doing <laughs> improv here. Yeah, no, I'm just asking if you enjoyed your trip. Dude, the trip was fine. I hated the flying. That's why I always get annoyed when I fly to Ottawa to perform. It's like, there's a fucking Tuesday show. It's like, I just flew fucking seven hours, you know, and I land. Nobody picks you up from the airport and you go right to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And you go right to work. It's fucking exhausting. He's alive still, by the way. I'm fine. We're just editing other things. All that shrimp. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah. So it's nice to see you. Good to see you too, dude. Thanks. Uh, And this is the first time I actually have a co-pilot on the uh, the interview. Uh, Mike LeBlanc, my buddy here, comic. He's uh, he's made the trip with me, so we've been doing everything together. Uh, It's funny enough too because this episode is going to come out on Friday. Okay. Right after an episode that we haven't recorded yet will come out, so they'll they'll be they'll have heard him lots by by the time. But okay, we have, I was gonna say one man podcast. I was like, I don't right? know if that's a good title for this. Do you know what it There's was? Another guy sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the way I got out of that originally with interviews was I'm like, oh, the regular episode, I'm the one man on the interviews. The other, the guest is the one man. Yeah, guess that's right? two people. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. What's the fuck? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize everything in comedy was always accurate. We should start over. <laughs> I think we we stumbled on the shrimp thing and never recovered. <laughs> I think this is more interesting than any kind of articulated I conversation. I don't know. <laughs> it's good to see you, though. Dude, it's great to see you, too. And thank you so much. So thank Mikey's going to be here, too. He'll be, uh, you know, chiming in and stuff like that, too. So I'm happy to have him. He's going to be part of all my interviews while we're here. And uh, Great. Yeah. I do. This is my first interview in America. Uh, no, that's not true. Second. Yeah, you did Verzi. Yeah. My first interview in California. Yeah. Okay. It's most important to me. It is. You went somewhere before this. Well, not in this trip. What? Not in this trip. Okay, but I've okay. I've, t- I've done I've done one interview on the on stateside last okay. year. Okay. But this is my first one in California. This is the first one where I wasn't freezing my ass off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll tell you that last trip home the last trip to Ottawa, uh, I was could not wait to leave. It was December. It was right before Christmas. Mm. And I was furious with how cold it was. Just that one block walk from Absolute to the condo was torture. <laughs> and I would, I would just record Instagram videos and just curse out Canada. But you know what that is? What? That's that's your body's natural instinct. Because you get mad, your blood boils, and it keeps you warm. <laughs> I, I was so pissed. I was I was like, why would anybody fucking live here? Yeah. It was so goddamn cold. We're not happy with it either. By the way, we opened the door. We're like, are you fucking kidding me? That's me every fucking day from January till. That's why nobody lives there. There's more people in this apartment building than there is in Canada. You, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I always, every time I get out the door and I go, why? I have a car. Why don't I just move? 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's a great, I do like the people there. <laughs> One thing I hate about Canada, as a, as a visitor, you're always thinking you're going to get laid because the women are so nice. And then they don't. They're just really nice. You're like, wow, this girl likes me. Nah, she's just Canadian. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I've noticed so much. So I, if a woman here is nice to me, that means she's going to fuck me? I just uh, assumed they were nice. No, I'm getting it backwards in here. What I'm saying is, there's a better if they're talking to you here for a long period of time. There's a better chance that they like you. Wow. You I, again, I just thought everyone was being polite. No, no, that's, that, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like we're having a conversation. Someone's like, "Dude, she talked to you for five minutes. She wants to." No, no, no <laughs> can you no, imagine? It's got to be a lot longer than that. <laughs> no, of course. Although I did, but can you I'm, imagine if that was the barometer? And I've just like this whole time. I'm like, do you know how many fucking people <laughs> I talked to? It's fucking Canada. <laughs> I remember there was a girl here once who spoke to me for 45 minutes at the comedy store. Just kept talking to me for 45 minutes. And I was like, wow, I think she likes me. And then um, then like I turned uh, a fan came up to me. And I said hi to the fan. Turned around. The girl was running down the street like like she couldn't wait to get away. Like a cat waiting for the door to be open. Right. Like it was just like bol- she bolted. <laughs> waiting just for an opening. So I was like, oh, she didn't like me. I just apparently was harassing her. Right. I never know. There's a fine line. You never know you're harassing somebody. Harassing somebody means they just don't like it. Right. It's me. Right. It's like, I'm talking to you, and you're talking to me. How am I supposed to know I'm bothering you until I fucking hear about this later? No, you have to wait for it to be written in a blog. Yeah, and they go, like, shit. Yeah. I, just, I thought I could whip my dick out, and, I, and you I, said I, yes. No, I'm <laughs> I, never, <laughs> I okay. never. No, I never. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> I'm going to edit that part out when you said yeah, I never. Okay, that part, that's the only part of the podcast I'm going to edit out. We still have never recovered from shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That would be funny if I just take everything we talk about out except for, hey, how do how, how you enjoy the trip? The yeah. shrimp? Shrimp. Well, thanks for uh, chatting yeah. with us today, Brian. It was my first one in America. <laughs> That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's been, I don't know, it's been a fun trip so far. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm eating. It's I'm good, eating man. like an American. There's good stuff here. Yeah, and I'm lucky too because I look like an American, so no one assumes you do that fit I'm in, Canadian. Yeah, you, fit <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah, see yeah. me waddling it's, out of a Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Yeah. They're like, hey, that son of a bitch. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I would like chicken and waffles better if they took the fucking bones out. I want to get both in the same bite. Yeah. You know well, I, mean? I, I just, I, I, maybe I was doing it wrong. I was peeling the chicken off the bones and sticking it in the waffles, wrapping that it up. Sounds about it. right. It just, I, I like fork and knife more. More, uh, you know, oh, I civilized. More civilized. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I walked in the door and I go, I gotta throw civilized out the fucking. Nice. Well, you're, you're a visitor, <laughs> nobody cares. But it's like it's a lot better, you know. But the weird thing is, uh, in America, it's not poutine, right? It's disco fries. In, in New York, they, they called it disco fries, right? But don't they use yeah. cheddar and like this weird thin ass no. gravy? It, it, a good place will use whatever, whatever, whatever one you want. You know, a diner will sometimes give you cheddar, but a good place will give you mozzarella. Yeah, because mozzarella, like it's it's, it's got to have like it's got to be stringy. There's not really any taste to it. Like I imagine like, a pizza. I like, cheddar. I like cheddar on fries. Yeah, okay, but it's a different thing, right? I mean, cheddar I on guess, bread is well, nice. Especially, but, it's not cheese curd, so it's a different thing. But to me, right. cheese, fries, gravy yeah. is poutine. Right. But here they didn't call it poutine. disco fries. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I've heard. But I, the person who told me said that they use like this thin gravy and it's cheddar, and I'm like, well, now it's a different thing. Like I like same. I like cheddar on bread. But right. are you going to make a pizza and use cheddar? No, you're going to use mozzarella. It's different if you put cheddar. It's a different taste. But yeah, so it's not poutine. Right. It's, right. it's disco fries. Okay. I but get I've it. also seen different types of poutine. Right. So I mean, can it, can you really nail it down like that? No. Like I see. I don't know if you know this. I'm the international minister of poutine for Canada. Well, you don't want to brought up eating. What else? <laughs> I never, listen, I, I didn't bring it up. I never put it down. All right, eating is always on the right, table right, for right. conversation. But I like <laughs> I like what I get when I go to Absolute. I get the meatball sandwich yep. nice. and poutine. Sign poutine. Go eat that in front of the TV. Have to listen to the fucking middle act for 15 <laughs> minutes until he goes to bed because I don't talk to him. <laughs> Can you just fucking leave me alone? 44 years old. 
So you don't like talking to the features? They're nice, but I don't want to fucking live with them. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes, that's condo, right. You gotta live with them. Yeah. I thought you meant for 15 minutes. You fucking, what, what while I they're do, on stage, you're I, just, I just stonewall them until they go, he doesn't want to talk. I guess I'll go to bed. And then I jerk off all over that door. Jason's listening. I love Jason. Jason doesn't listen to this fucking. Have, Fuck you, I, I, Jay. I've been playing Ottawa. God, I can't even remember. Six, seven times. I love, yeah, I love Ottawa. I love Ottawa. I love the people. I love the club. I love Jay. I love the staff. I don't love Jay. Yeah. I'm editing that part out. It's, uh, no, I, I, really, <laughs> okay. I, know, I know. I really like working that club. It's, it's one of my favorite clubs in North America. And when they came out with that list of top 21 clubs, something like that, 18 clubs, I forgot what it was, and they had a list of the top 18 clubs in North America, and I was, like, and I was surprised it wasn't on there. Really? Who doesn't like that room? Yeah. That is a wonderful room, you know, where they where. I, I just never feel alone when I'm on stage there. I feel like the staff is Jay takes makes the staff part of the show and since like you just you you shut down hecklers, you make it a place where everyone can enjoy themselves. Yeah. And I've never had a problem there. Yeah. And when you when you play the rest of the goddamn continent, you play a lot of shit rooms yeah. where the staff doesn't do anything. In fact the staff hurts the show. Right. And then when there's a problem with somebody in the crowd, they blame the comic. Right. And I'm tired of getting blamed for- They blame the comic? Yeah. A lot of places blame the comic for- for, Because they don't want to say, this is our fault. Right. You know? I remember playing a place in Seattle once where I got interrupted for about 45 minutes. It was nonsense. It was nonsense. I'm not welcome back. And they even said to me, well, we found out it was the owner's sister. And I was like, okay, so the owner's sister heckled me for 45 minutes, and I'm not welcome back because you don't want to tell the audience this is your fault. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, just admit to me that this is not my fault. And they go, it's not your fault. Yeah. So I left. And I'm, 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 that's why I'll never badmouth the club because I never said the club's name. But it's like, I'm tired of that shit. Tired. Well, it's, it's not right either. Like, okay, so for example, Mikey, just to bring you in this, I want you to be a part of this, is have you performed at any other clubs outside of, you know, Ottawa? I have. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um. Most of my my performances have been anywhere in like independent shit shows, you know. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, but those go to crap. They do, but you you got to uh, do it. You got to make your time. You got to make your bones and something sure. like that, and then yeah. and then eventually build up to to doing a good club set. You want to do your best when you're in a club. Yeah. Um, how long, I've, how long I, have you been doing it? Uh, I'm at three years now. Okay, you got so. two more years. So either quit or have fun. That's right. Thanks. <laughs> uh, oh, there you go. Now you have a deadline. I, know. I was I just going to let you run forever. Most people quit after five years. Oh, well, I'm going to pass that. And then if you pass that. Then you will ensure that your life will be horrible. Horrible. It's already go there. check in with those people who quit. They're living great lives. Go on Facebook. They have kids and yeah. they have money. Yeah. I'm asking for money from them. Yeah. 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 So if you pass the five years, congratulations. Your life will be shit. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. And for some reason, all those people are happy for us. You're fucking. Yeah, I know. They're like, man, you're chasing it. I'm like, I would. I want to know what you're doing. Yeah. I want that house and that fucking yeah. that that easy chair. Not having to leave the house every night, that seems like the thing is that for me, I already achieved my dream. Uh, I you I, I don't want to be famous. Right. I used to want to be famous, but now I don't want to be famous. Mm. So what am I doing? This job now to sell tickets to play the good rooms and make the good money, you have to be famous. And I don't want to be famous. Right. So what am I doing? I'm officially just not quitting at this point. That's my that's my existence. Is just <laughs> just don't just just, don't just get by. That's all I'm doing now. It's weird. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to be famous. I hate fame. So you tour a lot. You tour a lot around the country. I, I the last two three years I did pretty much nonstop, and I hated every second of it. It's fun when you can pick ten clubs or maybe less than that 
six club and say, I'm going to play these six clubs yeah. this year. And you just do that. If you have, and you do the rest, concentrate on TV. But I mean, this job is all, are you on television? Right. Do you have a huge Instagram following or What's whatever? Credits, yeah. But what else, like the road now is no longer a goal. The road now is a way for you to make money once you're famous. Right. But really, it's not a goal. It's more damage to your career than anything. Because the more you're on the road, the less time you're on TV and the less time you're you're around. So your agents will be pissed because you're leaving town. Yeah. So now you've wound up hurting your career by not by playing the road. It's weird. Well, and that's what I, I want to get back to that thing, too. But you were saying about the clubs. Was so, Mikey. Have you done any like clubs, not like shows, whatever, but clubs outside of Ottawa? Uh, not really. Okay, I mean, outside of here in LA, right? Uh, no, yes, you've done one. That's right. Yeah, you have and, done here. Yeah, you've seen here, and here's kind of a different, different dynamic, yeah. or whatever. But like, like what Brian's talking about, because I, I it was the same for me when I was new. Like, if you're your, your first couple of years, you're playing only Ottawa, you're at absolute comedy, and then you get a couple of road gigs, and you're at absolute comedy, Toronto and Kingston. Yeah, yeah. You start to think, oh, this is what comedy clubs are like. No, and it's not. It's no. not at all. There's, Cause, there's cause something Jay actually cares. A comic, yeah, who runs a club, yeah, usually. If a comic runs a club, it's a good, good club. Vinnie Brand, the Stress Factory in New Jersey, for yeah. example. Or Tom Sims, uh, Stir Crazy in Phoenix. Yeah. These are comedians who run clubs, and they do a really excellent job. David uh, in uh, Comedy Nest in Montreal. Yep. Somebody, like, if a comedian runs a club, it is well run. It's yeah. somebody who cares about the show, cares that the – because if you run a good show, even if the comic's not famous, the audience will come back. Right. And that's what Absolute did. That's what Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle did in Detroit. That's what these are like. You just run a good room, they'll come back. Yeah, and, and it's, you have a good staff, and you have a good show. Well, nope. once I started doing clubs outside of, like, I would hear guys coming to Absolute that I'd work with, and they were like, "Oh, this is great," and I'm like, yeah. oh, "I don't know if it's that good." Maybe the sometimes you think, "Oh, maybe they're just you know praising the place that they're in right now." Right? That old hacky thing where like I love coming to, it. and then yeah, the person yeah, will look yeah. at the well, sign and go, yeah, "But it actually is know? a good. It's actually a well runner." Yeah, because there's clubs. This is my understanding. I'm sure you could speak to it way more than I can. Is that like I don't know? Have you ever heard of the check drop? Or the check, yeah. check spot? Is it timing? Yeah. yeah. They're right in the middle, like right near the end of the show. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. They'll come and they'll drop checks on tables in the last 15 minutes of the headliner <laughs> set. And it's just, yeah, the whole room starts like, okay, you got the nachos. So you guys, yeah. everyone knows we fine. Now, no one's paying attention to the show. It's the headliner's big closing part of the show, the best part of the show. Yeah, the, the whole show's been leading up to this. Yeah. And it's all them just trying to get their money before. Jason sure. at Absolute. For all of his flaws, and there are many. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, right, Jay, Jay will discipline servers if they, for any reason, drop a check in the last 15 minutes. Wonderful. Like he's taken them aside, and I've watched him say, like, and for Jay, it's actually pretty good to restrain himself a little bit yeah. to go, to go, like, listen, don't ever do that again, or you're going to be, and they're like, uh, yeah. you know, and, and I've seen him tell them, like, I've seen him reprimand yeah, yeah. everything. He's, because, he's, he, runs a, he, he runs a good room. Yeah, he gives yeah. a shit. And that's it's like people too, they ask like, what is it that's there? It's like, it's not one thing, it's little things. Servers duck in the front row so people yeah, aren't. Yeah, key. You know? Yeah, so, so they can still see the show. I, I, play, I just played a club recently. It was, yeah. it was nonsense. 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 Standing up in the front row, coughing while they're serving. Yeah, they talk full volume a yeah. foot away from the microphone. And then they get mad at you. I once had a waitress tell other waitresses in Indianapolis, uh, Brian Sklar, he's so nice off stage, but such a dick on stage. I'm like, I was, I mean, I was a dick to you because you were fucking the show up. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. You know why it's they're here? They're here for a me. show. It can't possibly be you. Yeah. No, if they any- wanted nachos and beer, they'd be at the bar across the street. They came for a show. Yeah. They're here to see this. So by all means, serve the nachos and beer, but fucking yeah. be aware that I'm standing two feet behind you trying to entertain the people you're talking to. Yeah. Now, without That's naming all. names, uh-huh. are there clubs that you won't play at? 
Uh, there's clubs that won't have me. Yeah, that's that's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but uh, yeah, there's some clubs that won't play. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a in America. There's A rooms, B rooms, and C rooms. Right. I tried to cut out all the C rooms, and I did successfully for a long time. Then had a bit of a health scare, so I had to start involving the C rooms again, and I paid the price dearly. Mm. I had somebody throw a chair at me. What? In the south recently. Has I had anyone- somebody wait outside to try to hit me in Nevada? Like, uh, and I'm just like, this is nonsense. And then I got called and yelled at for it. Both occasions. Okay. I was like, let me get this straight. A guy throws a chair at me, and you're upset at me. Not the fact that there was no bouncers in the room. I literally saw the Were bouncer. they mad that you let the chair hit the wall, and you didn't absorb the yeah, impact? He just didn't, didn't you know, these re- chairs cost money, Brian. Try to look back me. for the chair. It didn't, it didn't reach me. <laughs> I, you know, but it was a guy. I was on stage, and the first word, I said, hi. And, you know, the opening line is key. It's key. Yeah. Uh, it's like if you do well in the first five minutes, then you're going to have an A-plus show. Right. If you can carry that. If you if admit the first few minutes get fucked up, you're starting off with a BB minus, and you're never gonna really pass that. It's right. gonna be that way the whole way through. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be work. I'd rather go for the A. A B is fine. Yeah. I didn't get on an airplane, fly six hours for a fucking B. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like these C rooms. Like I remember, I walked on stage. I said hi, and I had this guy go, "I can't stand a word you're saying." And I was like, "What?" He goes, "I can't stand what you're saying." Well, you clearly like just did. Too, you're talking too loud. And I was like, are you saying the microphone's too close to my mouth and you can't understand the words that I'm saying? He goes, yeah. I was like, well, how'd you understand what I just fucking said, though? Yeah. You know, and I realized he just fucked with me because he heard my New York accent because he's from the South. Uh, so then he just didn't stop. And I literally saw the bouncer who promised me he'd be in the room. I saw him sneak out the back because I looked to him for help and he was sneaking out the back. So I make fun of the guy for a while. They laugh. I make fun. He just does it again. I make fun of him for a while. After the eighth time, it's no longer my responsibility. It's the responsibility of the club. Right. Because now I got to police the guy myself, and I'll become unlikable, and now the show's a C. Right. So then I get yelled at for it. And then finally, a guy who wasn't even supposed to be working that day, a guy who was delivering sodas, of all things, said, no, it wasn't Brian's fault. The bouncer left. Yeah. The guy, he, he was going after Brian for 15 minutes. And then the owner was like, oh, okay, sorry about that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, bye, but I'm not coming back. No, well, not it, when you know that the the club doesn't stand behind you. No, and you know that I know the club blame me. I know those guys wrote emails. I know they gave them the money back. So I don't. You give them money back, they're saying it's my fault, and that's fuck you. Right. But anyway, things are still good though. <laughs> I love the comedy store. That's yeah. a room that does it right. Yeah. Comedy store is the best room in the country right now. It is. We're talking three sold out shows at the same time. Followed by three more shows that'll most likely be sold out. Yeah, there's fucking six shows a night in this one little spot, and it's fucking amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, to see. yeah. Did you guys have a good time there that yeah. night? Yeah. Oh yeah, we had we've been there. I think three nights so far it's this week, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so many fucking killers on the lineup. There's something special about that place. Yeah. I like. I, I came here last March to just sort of hang out and see what's what, uh-huh. and I've never at any point. Uh, I, I arrived and I was like, I don't know where I'm going. I have to go to my where I'm going to stay. And the first thing I did is I told the, the Uber to just go straight to the store. Okay. So like, if I'm going to go anywhere, that's the, the only reason I'm here is to go to the store. Yeah. It's at like a noon, right? So there's nothing going on. I'm on. I'm sitting on the patio, and I'm just sitting there absorbing the fact that I'm sitting here at this comedy sorry, store. Yeah. Right? You got you got to acknowledge like you're here at the comedy store. This right. is the place. Yeah. And I'm watching tour buses coming in and out and yeah, they're yeah. doing their thing. But it's like, yeah, I felt right at home right away. I was like, this is it's a great, it's a great place for comics. It's yeah, a, there was, I don't know. I, I just what we talked, I talked about so many negative things, but the positive things of stand up comedy are 
outweigh the negative things, and the comedy store is definitely one of them. The fact that I get to go up at the comedy store twice a week when I'm in town makes me never want to play the road again because I, I, it's like this is where careers happen. This is where people come see you and and well, um, then put you on television. This is where you're you're doing you're following David Spade and Ron White or whoever. Everyone's there, you know. Yeah. So let me ask you: When's the first time you ever got to the comedy store? What, what was the the Don Marrera, Two thousand and one. I was on a sitcom that nobody remembers because nine eleven happened. So that's negative thing right there. Uh, so then Don Marrera, I met because he was hosting a a show called Late Friday, and I had done that on TV on NBC. So then Dom recommended me to the comedy store. So I performed, and Mitzi Shore was there. This is before she got sick. So I was one of the last few people she passed. She was like, she's like, you call in your veils. And I was like, wow, thank you. And I was fully aware of her history. But I was coming from the Comedy Cellar, which was my home club in New York. That's right. So I was fairly, very confident about what I could bring. So then I got passed, and then she got sick, and I I didn't play there again for like six years. And I stopped calling in because the guy who they fired, there was an old booker there. Mm -hmm. And he uh, literally said to me, he goes, you, Brian Callen, Dove Davidoff, you guys came here funny. And I don't like that. I like, I want you to start off and learn the room. I was like, what do you mean learn the room? All rooms are the same. You know, can you close that? I'll take care of that. I'm sorry. All, all, All rooms are the same. So apparently today's. Oh, is that the street sweeper? It's a guy's fucking blowing leaves. You don't oh, hear it that, I, you've got that uh, that fit <laughs> every yeah, that fucking was morning. The other side, the other side was no crazy. Enough. But uh, they only start grooming the side of the building. The he truth. wanted me to fucking start over, and after doing ten years in New York, I was like, I'm not doing that. So I didn't. Uh, I didn't call in a vels. And then when he got fired for stealing, um, they um, the new guy Adam, who's who's Norm McDonald's uh, co-host, mm-hmm. liked me. And he was like, I never know why he doesn't book you, Brian. I never know. And then uh, then when he took over, suddenly I was there all the time. Nice. So it's just a matter of being nice, uh, always doing well and being nice to everybody, Yeah. which I have not fully done recently. But then that you never know who's going to fucking wind up being in charge one day. It's know? true. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. It doesn't cost anything to be nice. It could be it could be taxing as hell yeah. to sort of weather well, the Adam storm. was a pleasure to talk to. Usually... If, you, if you're hard to talk to, I will fake it and walk away. Half of my time at Ottawa is, can I leave this green room really fast? <laughs> when they have the nights where all the young comics are there. Oh, yeah, that's good. And I, I pretty much sneak out of that room. Yeah. And first yeah, of all, I'm that. like, I'm the headliner. Can't you just pretend you know who I am, asshole? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, come on. Sorry, what? sorry, sorry. Oh, time. Mike, use your pause. pen. it. All right, one second. I'll pause this. Ooh. Ooh, All right, so, story. Yeah, Adam is. Uh, I'm not even holding my mic. How about that? There we go. I'm like, why the fuck can't I hear myself? Uh, yeah. So Adam at the store, he saw you. Now you're the regular there. We we bumped yeah. into each other. You were one of the first guys I recognized. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he walked down the hall. I had forgotten you were coming. <laughs> you're supposed to let people know, remind them again. <laughs> you know, but because uh, I probably could have got you a spot at the laugh factor with a little warning. Oh, don't worry about the yeah. yeah. Like I said, I mean, from from what I heard, they're like, ah, it's a tough spot, and it's not really a hangout joint. It's like come it's do not a hangout joint. Like, yeah, um, the improv used to be the hangout joint, and then levity uh, turned it into a restaurant, and now nobody fucking hangs there. Anymore. Well, I ran into a, a colleague from Canada there, so he was. Uh, 
DJ's here now. DJ's here. Yeah, DJ and I came up together. So yeah. it was it was great to like when I knew he was here. I, I gotta tell you, like DJ is one of those guys. There's a lot of people in this business where you you're like, you know, they're funny and you see them getting things and you're just kind of like, eh, good for them. Oh, happy for him. But DJ is yeah. one of those good guys. Like, I feel like, oh, good. You found one of the good, like yeah, the yeah. good people and funny guys. Yeah. And God, I'm always happy whenever I see anything. Yeah, when that, somebody good makes yeah. it, I'm excited for them. Yeah. Because it's so often yeah. not the case. Yeah. It's and he's so often, so often somebody is like, him? Really? <laughs> right. You know, he's not even, uh, okay. And sometimes else? you get it and you're like, meh. But DJ is one of those like, yes, good. Yeah. Like, he's, he's great. Yeah, him and I used to come up at the same time. I'd be hosting, he'd be featuring or whatever it is on a yeah, show, yeah. and it's like... I, I haven't seen him yet, but I know he's here. We spoke the other day, but I... Oh, you haven't even seen him yet? I haven't even seen him yet. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. I know yeah. he's here, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I know everybody was here. So, so question, <laughs> question for you. you. You said you mentioned you, know, you, you got up you got up at the cellar. Can you can you go back and talk about where you came from? Like, like what's your uh, Yeah, like your why, what, what and, got you started in stand-up? Yeah. Uh, George Carlin and Bill Cosby. No kidding. Yeah, but the real my real love is, is acting, so it's like I... And in, in kindergarten... My father was showing us Laurel and Hardy and Abigail Costello and Marx Brothers. And, and my mother showed us Bill Murray and John Belushi. So I knew I wanted to do that. And then right around fifth grade, I went to see Bill Cosby at Harris in Atlantic City. And I was amazed that one person could incite that much in people. And then I saw George Carlin. Saying just that much in people. What? <laughs> and then uh, I, I, one guy I know, I know what he's around. done, but it does, you know, no, I'm I talking know. about the, the work. And then George Carlin I saw live at Westbury Music Fair. Music Fair, yeah. and I loved him so much. And his HBO special, "Playing with Your Head," just had just come out. And my friend had all the old George Carlin albums from his father. So we were. I just. I. I was like, this is the best. It was like a second dad to me almost. Yeah. Like I was learning so much about the world through George Carlin, and I was like, I want to do this too. Yeah. So I just after uh, after during college, I did a couple of bringer shows in New York when I come home for the Christmas break or summer break. And you bring a few audience members, and then you know you perform. Then I got picked up by a, a manager, and the manager threw me an agent, and and then I uh, none of them did stand up, so I did all stand up on my own. So they got me on TV, but before I got on TV, I just I just um, the the manager owned a comedy club called Boston Comedy Club, which was around the corner from the cellar. So I had all the cellar comics, but there were no rules, and you could tank, uh, like. Patrice O'Neill and Mark Marin and Louis C.K., everybody was there. Dave Chappelle, everybody was there. And then you'd go across the street and see them uh, have to kill because it's the cellar. But it was a great time because no. Uh, so then eventually I went over to the cellar and, I, and uh, Robert Kelly brought me in years ago. Uh, to, oh, God, yeah. I can't remember the year. 1995, 96? Okay. And what was great about the cellar at that time is that it was before the internet. And you had all these comics that were about to become famous but weren't. Uh, so you had, and it was all, they were at the great age, like mid-30s. So, uh, and everyone was uh, fantastic. Everyone in the lineup was fantastic. And, like, there was no flaw in the lineup. There was nobody where you left. So I'll come back after this guy's done. There was nobody like that. Yeah, they wanted to see every actor yeah, on the and show. Yeah, it was, there's a great line in... um you know, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where he talks about the San Francisco acid scene. He goes, so it ended. He goes, but with the right pair of eyes, he goes, you can still look out. You can still look out the window west, and with the right pair of eyes, you can see that high water mark where the wave finally broke and rolled back. That's how I feel about the cellar in '95 to 2001. It was not their most uh, lucrative time, money wise, 
but it was amazing. Like you were watching Colin Quinn, Tom Papa, Jim Norton, uh, Greg Giraldo, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill, Tony Rock, uh, Ted Alexandro, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, did I say Mark Marin already? Yeah. Louis C.K. Bill Burr, uh, Nick, too, Nick back DiPaolo, then. Bill Burr. Uh, it does, the list kept going. Me, P. Corielli, Ben Bailey, uh, D.C. Benny, Russman Eve. There's a, to, wow. Everybody was popping. Uh, and it was uh, it just was incredible. It just was incredible. With, and nobody was famous. And nobody gave a shit because the PC didn't exist yet. Uh, political correctness didn't exist. It was just was out off, <laughs> was off the chain. I like that as a statement. Political correctness didn't exist. It didn't exist. <laughs> the internet, the internet yeah. didn't exist. It's so, true. So there was no way to get bad reviews or anything. Everybody just was fantastic. Yeah. You can say the most fucked up things up there. Yeah. And it would kill. And it was a great time. And then I uh, booked a TV show and I moved here. Anyway, that's what happened. What's no, going that's on? awesome. I, I got to check. Signals. So, <laughs> I'm looking at the time. It's quarter after 12. What does that mean? Did you find a parking spot that... Two hours. Oh fuck! For real? We're good. Yeah. Yeah. There's Amazing. no meters here. Amazing. Yeah. So well, no, but the signs say you can you can't park between twelve and and three yeah, or whatever. So I was like, I found a spot. It's two hours. Fucking amazing. That's all I'm concerned. This is the so, behind the scenes. They get all hand they, signals during my story. I got confused. No, so, I just was taking a peek at the. I thought the, I had to time. steal third. No, but in, in that time frame, like you, you're coming up. You're in you're in New York at this time. Yes. Were there any of the guys that uh, were veterans, sort of like already in the scene, that kind of kind of took you under your wings? Or anybody notable from that time? And, and what was that like? Me, nobody took me under their wing. Yeah, really. Which is fine, because um, I also wasn't. There were people that I think wanted to, but I also wasn't very uh, extremely uh, not friendly. But I was. I liked being by myself. I was. Uh, I don't know. I just like being by myself. I remember Jim Norton inviting me out to watch a game. Uh, at a bar, and I was like, ah, it's not really my thing, but really, I was thinking, I'm going to say something stupid and scare this guy away. Right. So instead, I just walked away. So Jim and I have been friends, but distant friends ever since. Where's I, where's I, where's I, if I went? You know, but I remember Jim Gaffigan approached me about writing, not writing for him, just he was like, you're a really good writer. And Daryl Hammond, and I remember Greg Giraldo took me aside, and he gave me advice right away. I, my first few jokes were about uh, TV commercials. And he's like, you know, you're a great writer. Start writing about you more. And that was really helpful in the beginning. And uh, like everybody was, the thing about New York comics is that they're very, they're very giving. And for a city that has a reputation for being harsh, mm-hmm. I find it the exact opposite. Like I was hiking today and I fell, fell. I was so tired. My foot hit, got stuck in a sewer and I fell. So I got this bandaid here. Not one motherfucker asked how I was doing. If I was a pretty girl, they would have. Right, of I'm course. I'm a 300-pound guy in really shitty sweatpants. Just fell face first into the concrete. Nobody said anything. And I was on the phone with my friend, and I was like, if it was New York, somebody would have stopped. And she was like, yeah. Somebody would have absolutely stopped. New so York, that's how much people don't give a fuck here, right? No, they, no, they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been lucky so far. I've stopped and asked people for directions or just you know a question about something around. Yeah, no, LA is not a bad place. No. I've been living there for a long time. It's not a bad place. But New York is a friendlier yeah i've noticed i find uh new york to be friendlier than toronto yeah toronto wants to be in new york yeah but they they aren't right toronto to me toronto is the native american word for hot girls with earphones on that won't make eye contact yeah <laughs> they won't even fucking look up talk to you they just keep walking remember my mc in toronto purposely screwed me really they gave he asked me what my intro was and i wrote down like nine things I said, some of these are in America, some of these aren't. Right. Which ones aren't? So he told me which ones aren't. And I was like, okay, so you can say the other ones. He went, sure. 
went on stage, purposely announced the shows that weren't in America, weren't in Canada. Right. And then said, well, none of these shows are in Canada, so who gives a shit? Really? That was my intro. And then he did it a second night. Then he did it a third night. And so I had to call Jason. I was like, Jay, you yeah. got to talk to the guy. Do you remember who it was? I don't want to bad mouth anybody. No, you don't have to. But it, I mean. Yeah, but then the funny thing I'm going to ask you off mic. The for funny sure. thing is he did move here and asked me for help. And I was like, no. sure. And I didn't help him at all. Good. Uh, I did the old LA funny. thing. I was like, sure. I'll help him. <laughs> 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 Asshole, though. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a dick move. Like, I. I mean, yeah, there's something wrong with comics. Like, you're not going to make it if you're the guy who tries to bury other comics on the show in terms of, like, yeah. being rude and disrespectful. So that's what my experience with Toronto was. So I was only there once, and then, and I, I was like, um, I, don't know. I spent all my money at A&W. That was the only thing open. Right. Then there was a fucking hurricane, and I had to stay there two more days. I got stuck in Toronto. You've only done the Toronto Club once? Yeah. Really? You yeah. should go back. Well, I don't want to say why. Ah. Uh, well, moving. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, now what? Well, uh, I, I, just, I, I can't. No, you don't have to, dude. I don't no, expect fine. you to. I don't expect you. I'm just like, okay, uh, uh, just scrambling for. If this was, if I was a professional interviewer, okay, I would have papers and subjects yeah. written. Instead, I brought off. donuts and beer, and I'm like, we're gonna I'm fucking hang out. <laughs> so, do you go back home often? Yeah, I'm going. Um, I try to. I go back home twice a year. The original plan was to go back home more, um, but that's not quite working out. But uh, yeah, I go back twice a year, and it's a lot of fun. I'm going back for the whole month of December this year. Nice. And I can't wait. Can't wait. It's gonna be cold. Yeah, home is home care. is uh, New York, obviously. Home is New York, but it's like what I, if my parents allowed smoking in the house, mm. I wouldn't give a shit about the weather. Right. Yeah. yeah. To, to to put boots and fucking coats on every and just stand outside. Yeah. Fucking freeze. And you're chain smoking for the most part, so I'm like you're thanks. basically living thanks outside. For, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> Sorry. Can't do anything. <laughs> I'm gonna use my but I gotta feel that there's I forgot. I, I, you to send me a list of everything I can't talk about because <laughs> I will accidentally stumble into all of it. I like being <laughs> negative things. You, you mentioned the cold. Like, like, is there something to living in a place where you know you gotta you gotta struggle to get outside, and that that breeds comedy in some way? Like, do you think that's that's What's this guy with the fucking proper interview questions? Eh? Well, I, I, there, there might be some, there might be something with that. They always yeah. say that people who are struggling in life write the better jokes, make the better art. Once they have a mansion, they get the, they get this. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disconnected. Thank you. Disconnected. So there is something to that effect, probably. If you're always living in nice temperature, then you're probably not writing as well. But I will say that the comedy store right now is the best comedy club in America. So that kind of goes against it. Yeah. You know, because it's really beautiful here. Wouldn't you think it's always people coming from outside coming in there? Because I talked no, to people I there. There's guys from Philly. There's guys from... Yeah, Oregon. but they don't live in Philly. That's right. They live here now. Yeah. And I've known yeah. them for like years. Yeah, 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 I've known yeah. these guys for decades. Yeah. How much colder does it get here? Like, is this pretty much it's as bad as it gets? In November, it'll rain for two weeks. That's it. Uh, and then it'll stop. But literally, when it rains for two weeks, it won't stop, and you don't see the sun for two weeks. And uh, But LA is funny, because there's a horrible drought. And all year long, they're like, we have no water, we have no water. And then it rains, and they Everyone go, oh, there's bitches. too much water. Yeah. And then there's mudslides, and everybody dies. I know it's funny. That's the best rest of it. And then we have no water. Like, you want fucking water? Here's some water. Like, yeah. oh, too much. <laughs> right? It's never enough. Yeah. Just. <laughs> but I, I think there's a really bad drought here. A really bad drought. Yeah. Yeah. I just washed my car. I don't know. I like this weather's perfect. I always end up coming to, you know, the, the southern part of the United States in bad Canadian weather going, oh, this is this is not bad. And everyone's like, yeah, but it's 
it's November. Last time I was in Vegas in February. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Right. I don't know why everyone's complaining about the heat. They're like, it's February. Mm-hmm. Wait, come back in August when it's a yeah. you know, thousand degrees. My CDs melted in my car <laughs> in Vegas last time I was there. Fuck. Melted, warped, like completely warped. Holy shit. One melted in the thing. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. What have the buttons and everything on the consoles not fucking melt? I, I don't know. But the guy, the guy, my battery died because I left it on. And the guy came and he was like, a lot of times the batteries die out here because it's too hot. Never even heard of that. But apparently, and then there, the, the, the water's bad too. Like when it rains, like old ladies will drown in their cars. And I know, <laughs> and I know. That's Go funny, on. But it's like, they, there's giant flash floods where you're just driving down the street and all of a sudden uh, you just drown. That's Vegas. But I love, I love, I love playing Vegas. It's the closest to New York. It's, it sounds possible. like everything's a gamble there. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like yeah. Flash floods. Ah, you did. I'm there in uh, February playing the Laugh Factory in February. That's a good club run by Harry Basil. My one of my favorite road rooms is the Laugh Factory in Vegas. That's the one in Tropicana, right? That's the one in the Tropicana. Yeah. Tropicana used to be a shitty hotel. Yeah. And now it's great. It's beautiful. One time I stayed there with a girlfriend in 2010, and we got attacked by grasshoppers in the room. <laughs> 12 floors up, <laughs> 12 floors up, and we and we woke up, and we were covered in grasshoppers, and they were hopping around the room in our hair, and, and we called downstairs. How did that many get in the room? And there were red grasshoppers, too. Like, they okay. evolved to match the color. You guys weren't on drugs, were you? No, no. <laughs> it just oh, sounds we like were, we woke but, up, there was red grasshoppers But they, they matched the color of the carpet. Like, they were there so long, they evolved. <laughs> so I called downstairs, and I was like, there's grasshoppers in the room. And the guy goes, no, there's not. I go, that's the, that's customer I go, service. we caught one, come up. The guy comes up, and we give him the cup, and there's a grasshopper, and he goes, my God. And he's like, all I can think of is that maybe there was a magician here who was feeding the snakes or something. Because how the fuck did they get just to that room? Right. 10 right. Floor, 11, 12 floors up, just to that room. I got hung up on the but now, grasshoppers. Wait, but I have no, to say. Not. Oh, well, my mistake. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I do got to say that the, yeah. the Tropicana now is owned by the Hilton, and it's yeah. a thousand times better. Oh, yeah. They, they fixed it all up. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's a great club. It's worth. If you're in Vegas, you should go to that club. So it's a fantastic club. Like even even like a lot. Of, I find a lot of it's renewing. Like even Imperial Palace got re- rebuilt. I've never been over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it used to be the worst of them all, and they've just yeah. rebuilt it, and it's like really yeah. nice. They're, 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 there's money there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, <laughs> but I do like I do like playing Vegas. Yeah. So yeah. so what's uh, if you compare a room like in L.A., New York, they're all what's every, every Vegas the same. like though. Like I mean, you got a rotation of people coming in, and they're just Vegas doing the show is, thing. It literally it all depends on who runs the room, and that's the only thing that can separate rooms from each other. And a Vegas crowd is more like New York in the sense that you're playing everybody. You're playing all these different races. You're playing all these different ages. You're playing all these different nationalities. All these different states are from different states. Are from different parts of the world. That's like New York. So that's fun for me. I don't like getting to a place and everybody is the same race or everybody's the same age. Right. And I'm like, well, this, if you don't like me, then this is going to be a shitty 45 minutes. Right. But if I can get a black guy to laugh and next to him is an old lady, an old white lady, she'll laugh because the black guy's laughing. It'll spread. But if it's all the same, if you ever play like a, a party and it's all the same people. Yeah. Uh, they all they, they all have the same opinions on things like those Christmas parties at Absolute. You know, it's like all fucking eighty people like the same thing. Yeah, and every time he books me one of those, I'm like, I'm not sure they're going to be what they want. <laughs> well, they're all like the same department of the government or something. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. we got the fisheries people in today. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you need a crowd work person for those shows, <laughs> like uh, Kate Davis. 
She's good in those shows. Yeah, yeah. You've worked with Kate. Uh, yeah. is, have you worked with just the one time or a couple times? Just the one time. Just the one time. But she got me into uh, the Nest. Yeah, Kate, very nice. That week, if I remember correctly, uh-huh. Kate for whatever reason, I don't she know if she was drinking paint. Yeah, she couldn't get his name right once. Got my name at, right in the very last show. Yeah. The very last show. Yeah. Uh, but that was nothing compared and to what happened in Toronto. she was stressing in the back, dude. I know. She was in the back going like, I'm, she, and she would say it like 15 times correct. And I go, okay, you got it. She's yeah. like, I don't know what it is. I fuck it up every time. She's like, I just, I think I'm stressing myself out and yeah. I think of all the different things I've said. And I'm like, what's that? And then, yeah. And then every time she's like, fuck. <laughs> I've done that where I, I fucked up. I don't mind if somebody fucks up my name. But I hate when they fuck it up on purpose. No, no, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I hate when they fuck it up. Obviously, right? It's like, just say it with conviction. Say Brian Scolio. Yeah. Just say, whatever the fuck. Just say it with conviction. Let yeah. them think that's my name. Yeah. Don't go, Brian. Uh, Scott. Scott. Uh, yeah, because then it looks like you're not important yes. for people to know your name. Yep. Yeah. Then, then uh, yeah. Now I'm now I'm starting from the bottom. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess. Yeah. And especially now I got to make fun of you. Especially when they've had a chance to be funny first right. so it's like oh well you're funny and if you don't know who mm-hmm. right it's not it's like well fuck i'm gonna win them over but thanks for making me look like a fucking yeah, now i gotta make fun of them yeah like that time with you i didn't want a, a heavy set comic on before me because i open up with five minutes of heavy set set? this is news uh, to me i'm so sorry i didn't you know you mean never mind <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> Does that so, mean I have an opening? Was that? <laughs> yeah, there you so go. They, uh, so when he booked me and you together, uh, I know he was excited because you're a good, you're a great comic. Oh, so thanks, I knew it was going to be a good show. That's kind. But I was like, oh my god, now I got to throw out these j- jokes. Jay was like, ah, just just mention him. I'm like, will you care? And he's like, no. And then you did care. And did then, I? Yeah. And then Jay Jay was like, hey, you should have done that. I'm like, yeah, you told me to do it. <laughs> you don't they that? call me fat. I don't care. I'm I didn't fat. call you fat. I would never call somebody fat. Why not? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember. It was, Jay was telling you to to reference that I'm big. Well, I said, "How do I do that? I should drop it, I guess." And he said, "No, just make a reference to it." Yeah, that's all he said. Yeah. And then when I made a reference to it, I thought you got annoyed. I heard it through the grapevine. No, okay. dude, that fucking grapevine is so goddamn ridiculous. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Here's the thing. I I've always considered myself a good host because. I know what the host's job is in the show. The show, the host's job is not for me to be the best one on the show. I'm there to set a nice table for Which the head. Which is why I don't like the host there. Yeah. 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 But um, I still remember my favorite joke of yours was the one with a kid standing in the blue light of the cell phone. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, it that fell great. flat at the improv. Uh, well, but the, it was also at like in front of, you know, 20 comics who were mad that I was getting one of the last spots on the show and, yeah. and they weren't. So. You can't. Well, well open mics. And comics asked me for advice, not that you're doing that, but they were like, what do I play? I've been playing open mics. What do I do? I go, first of all, you don't want to play only open mics. Right. You get a you, reputation. You become right? the, the most bitter act possible. Because the only thing that makes comics laugh is bitterness and anger. So that's what you, you're all going to, you're just going to be, uh, this is, you're just going to be Doug Stanhope. There already is a Doug Stanhope. We yeah. don't need you. Yeah. Do, to figure out who you are going to be. Play a healthy diet of all rooms, you know? That's what I feel. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense. And you know, it's funny because you're like, you're like, God. Uh, Bitter and angry. I'm like, they're laughing because it's relatable to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But well, um, anyway, you know, sometimes there's a lot of negativity in this job, and I, sometimes I tend to focus on it, but there's a lot of good, really good stuff, you know. The amount of friendships I've made, like the fact, just the mere fact that I know Mark Marin. Right. You know, that's fucking thrilling. The fact that I get to occasionally talk to Chris Rock or David Spade or somebody backstage. Yeah. Well, it never fucking happens. You know? I mean, how, how thrilling is that? The oh, fact that Colin Quinn knows who I am. I like that. Yeah. Well, the fact that, I mean, we were standing there at the store. Like I said, I was talking to a guy last night, and I think it was myself and like three other different different ethnicities were all having a conversation out of the blue. 
And I'm like, do you guys know, like, this is one of the best parts of being a comic. I go, I'm, I'm across the country yeah. from where I live. Yeah. I go, we're all different races, yeah. but we're all part of the same fraternity. Yeah. Like as comics, we all know that, but, yeah. but being at the store that first night, just seeing how many different, just monster names, like, yeah. do you know how impossible it would be to see that many people in Canada, unless it was just for laughs or, right. yeah, or yeah. ridiculously huge festival, but that was just like coming in and fucking around and just yeah, seeing yeah. who's there or whatever. Like, yeah, it's fun, right? That would do yeah. mind blowing. Yeah. Mind blowing. And I do like the fact that like, it reminds me of high school in the sense that I'm, I, I get to be friends with so many nationalities, you know? Like I, I like that. I like. Uh, it reminds me of high school being forced, or on the subway being forced around so many nationalities. That some, some of these guys are great friends of mine. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I'll, well, I'll never forget. Like so these guys are now. I'm, I had all these good friends, with wonderful friends outside of the business, but I've been here for so long that I consider the comics at the store closer friends than than those guys now. Yeah. Which is weird. I just, and it's, it's nice too, because like the thing is, you know, people look at, at races and genders and all that shit. Not that we're getting all fucking PC, but all I mean is that like, it's easy for people to start putting each other in, in boxes and you're this and you're that, yeah. whatever, in, in whatever job. What I like about comedy is it doesn't matter where in the country you are yeah. or where in the fucking planet you are, mm-hmm. right? Or what nationality you get to sit down four of you at a table. doesn't matter what you are. We're all yeah. comics. There's you know what I mean? I can't take conversations with regular people anymore. Yeah, I right. bust out after five minutes. Reading Facebook comics, comments, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. And I look at somebody's Instagram video, I'm like, a comic would have made me laugh in five seconds. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I need a comic to fucking get by in life. Well, just, I, it's fucked up my conversations too, because yeah. I'll sit with my friends who I love dearly. Yeah. I love dearly. Uh, yeah. But at least with a comic, like, comics aren't always going to laugh at the shit you say. But nobody goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you exactly, can't talk about exactly. that. What did you bring horrible, that up for? You can say the most horrible yeah. thing. I remember once I was dating a girl who was a fucking major liar. And she left her last husband or whatever, left her kid, left her kid. You know? Jesus. So she said she wanted a kid with me. And I remember saying to the comics at the store, I'm like, no way. Because she's going to leave me with a kid. Plus, she's in her late 40s. That means I'm going to have a Down syndrome kid. She's going to leave me with some fucking retarded kid. And they all started laughing. Yeah. And I realized I couldn't say this to anybody no. else with those yeah. words. Because they would take it seriously. Yes. That's the thing. Everyone's like, but, but, but people don't, exactly, yeah. you got to be super serious. And that's, that's what I, I like about the business of comedy is like, again, I live in Ottawa, dude. It's government. Everyone's government, yeah. super serious jobs. So it's like, they don't even like the idea that you could say something and not mean it. You have to, you have to structure everything you say. So PC and, yeah. and professional. And I'm like, fuck it. That's why I love sitting down with comics. Cause it, it, yeah. they're not going to laugh at everything you say. And they're not yeah. necessarily going to agree with you, but no one's going to go, yeah. Hey, why are you even talking about that? It's yeah. like, all right, I'll hear you out. The comics in Ottawa are great. There's that. I love Nick Carter. Love Nick Carter. Yeah, Nick hasn't. Nick quit. Nick quit. Yeah. I saw that coming. <laughs> I, I, I knew he would. Yeah. He's a great, great dude, and he's he's doing very well. But yeah, he, he just he stopped doing stand up. Was was he doing well with? What's that? He's so, working for the for a political party in in Canada. You can find money. Yeah. Yeah. Good food for him. Yeah, right, great dude. I love him very much. Uh, he was, he was the only reason I was in Vegas. I was in Vegas one time, and it was for his wedding. His wedding? Yeah, yeah, a while oh, back. No, so him. he reminds me of Richard Dreyfuss and Jaws. <laughs> he looks yeah, like that's a fucking Jones. awesome. <laughs> yeah. But funny, but like yeah. really funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nick had some. Nick had some great lines. He was he was a super guy. Like, and Nick's a huge bleeding heart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like leftist everything, but. But the guy's fucking hilarious. Like he, uh, uh, geez, I'll tell, I'll tell you. I'll yeah, tell, he, he I was, can't share his jokes without his permission. He was one of my favorite people I met yeah. up there. He was my first uh, uh, MC up there, and I, I fell in love with him right away. Yeah, I was like, this guy's perfect, and he would never give him to me again. 
<laughs> they don't like. They don't like. Uh, Jason's not a big fan of giving people what they want. It's like, <laughs> oh, you, you enjoyed that. You basically have to tell him what you don't want. And you'll get it all the time. You're taking a lot of stabs of him. He listens to these. He's, things. he's one of my closest friends. I can go yeah, fuck you, himself. He you, doesn't listen. To, no, he doesn't listen to this. So you he can go fuck himself. Still live with him, don't you? Still live with him. Still live. Still live with Jay. I moved out. Moved back in. He's he's a dear friend, but nobody knows Jay. Like that's the thing. People are always like, well, I don't want to bad much Jay. I go, go ahead. I'll do it to his face. <laughs> like it's it's honest. Like if I, I would, I'm the first person to defend someone or to defend Jay if someone's being unfair. But I yeah. have yet to have someone say something about Jake that is an He's been very helpful otherwise. I remember like I, I was coming from the nest. I'm editing this out. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I was coming from the nest and I was like, I need, uh, the nest is giving me an extra hotel one day. Uh-huh. Can I, and you don't need me till Tuesday. Can I stay in the condo on Monday? He goes, no, but you can stay here. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. And then uh, he made, the funny part was like, I was smoking outside in the freezing cold. And he goes, make sure you finish exhaling. So he was standing at the door, making sure I was. So it's sure. not in the house. Yeah, and there was hates. nothing, no possible little smoke molecules still in. Yeah, you're like, you're like, ooh, and then he punches <laughs> you in the stomach at the end. <laughs> it was like, very funny. Yeah, we yeah. have. Yeah, it's like a flop house at our place. We have we have comics staying. Like that's the yeah. thing. Jay Jay is it's it's so fucking stupid. I don't get it. I don't get it. Who's but the, it's like who's the, the thin guy. I like the thin guy and the Arab guy. The thin guy that works there. Simon. That's been so long. What, what Simon? Simon. Simon. I would describe him as on the spectrum more than thin. No, but I don't think about, he's talking about Simon. I'm talking about uh, God damn it. There's, there's, so, dude. The, the turnover has been crazy in the last few years. Yeah. I so, I mean, I don't even know. If, there was, there was Joey Houlihan, redheaded kid. No, I. Yeah, there used I'd to be, be some gorgeous waitresses there too. There yeah. still are, but they just change. Yeah, this change. Yeah. The rotation. Yeah. I don't recognize. I don't recognize any of them anymore. No. No, I'm. I've gotten to that part of my career where I don't go there to hang out every night. Now I'm. Going to bed and I'm getting up in the morning and working and stuff. What you it's do, okay. What are you doing in the morning? I drive Uber. <laughs> what? I drive Uber in the morning. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's actually pretty uh, pretty nice in Ottawa. It's uh, people sorry. are busy going to work. I only do a small, tiny little window. I make a lot of money. Then the rest of the day is my really? work. They, yeah. They don't have that. You don't make a lot of money in America driving Uber. No. I, maybe they maybe they're picking the wrong time of day to drive. Uh, no, I, but I think odd, they're not making you. They're not making that much. You have to do it all the time, full time job to right. make money. Well, here's here's the thing with Ottawa. Everybody's government, which means they're all going to work at the same time, and the day ends at the same time. So in that morning rush, the entire city's going to work, and there's only so many people who can get them there, running late, whatever. So that's why it's busy. So the surge prices, I'm making more money huh. because it's busy in the morning, and that's why I just work six to ten. Done. What, what kind of money do you make in the morning? Uh, well, keep in mind it is Canadian, but uh, it is. Uh, I usually make somewhere between a hundred, hundred twenty-five dollars yeah, for, for four hours. That's not enough. For me, it's, no, no, mm. but it's six hundred dollars a week working twenty hours. Okay, so, so that's that's pretty good. Then you get your other hustles. Yeah, 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 yeah and so I, yeah, and I do other shit too. Like I'll okay. do little promotional gigs, and again, four okay. hours, hundred bucks. So I I basically have got it to a point where I don't I don't do anything for less than twenty dollars an hour. Okay, yeah, I, I hate Uber, but I'm happy you're making money. I I also like I've got a decent personality, and I'm driving no, Canadians. I'm not driving angry, drunk. You know, yeah, exactly. I'm driving people who are on their way to work. They're a little yeah. tired. You know, this is all. This is not about you. This is my feeling about Uber. Right. Of course, Uber is another way for the middle class to destroy itself. Right. And yet, a major company make the money. Yeah. Like when I lost my acting jobs to reality shows in 2007, uh, we all knew it was coming, and we all lost our jobs. Yeah. Now, people who were making half of what we made were doing it without and weren't actors. And now writers were making less, editors were making, everybody was making less. 
but actors weren't paid at all. We all lost our jobs. Right. So when I see like cab drivers can't feed their family, and cab drivers now have to become Uber drivers and make one third of what they were making to feed their families because other people were making supplemental incomes. Like I go, that's the same thing. It's the middle class killing itself. Yeah. But yet I'm full of shit because I still use Amazon and that killed mom and pop stores. That's right. So right. I, I am, you know. Well, Wal- honestly, Walmarts and the big boxes is what killed mom and pop stores. One stop shopping killed killed mom and pop stores. Yeah. And well, then Amazon, Amazon, Amazon didn't help. Amazon, yeah. And then Amazon killed the big boxes by going, don't even leave your house. We'll bring it to you. Yeah. And I, I We're a big box them. online. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. So I still use it. So it's like, it's not, but I, don't I remember I flew to Detroit and they were like, okay, you got to take a lift from the airport. I was like, that's not going to happen. I was like, I'm going to take a cab. Yeah. Well, we can't pay a cab. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to take it and you're going to give me a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, okay, because there's no way in fuck I'm sitting in somebody's car. Really? I hate it. Yeah. You're reliable. But, you know, the Uber drivers, are, you know, some, of the, uh, some of them are like, I've missed an airplane. Once I missed an airplane, I was uh, like, fuck this, man. Yeah. Well, if, if you're missing an airplane, I tell people all the time, if you have a bad Uber experience, give them one star because that's that's how they get rid of the shitty drivers. A lot of people feel bad. They're like, well, I'm not trying to fuck this guy to work. It's like, no, but you give him a bad star. He sees his shit dropping. It's like they'll tell him your, dro- your rating drops below this. You're not driving anymore. Mm. And they give us the feedback. If someone gives us a bad yeah. score, we get a message saying this is exactly what someone and they give it to you. I think it's like 24, 48 hours later. So you don't know which ride it was. Interesting. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, ah, oh, well, I drove a few people. I, I have one of the highest ratings in the city, but at the same I time, believe you, I believe you would. At the same time, I give a fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I, I look at you get in my car. You're not, we've been in several Uber. How much here. money you would have made if you were a cab driver and Uber didn't exist? Not, you, you, not in, not in Ottawa. No, no, not no. Ottawa. In Ottawa, they, they, the city gives plates. And guys will buy the plates and and lease them to people yeah, for sim- several thousand dollars a month. Similar to the medallion system, not as not as crazy well, as the medallion system in, in New York, but like and like the thing that. Too is the cab drivers were treating people like shit. Like you you'd, you'd go to hail a cab and they go, "Where are you going?" And I'd go, "Oh, I'm going blah blah." Like like from the club to Jay's. Yeah. Right. Like you know where Jay's is just up the way. Yeah, it's not far enough for them. No, they don't, yeah, not far enough, and they just drive away. And I'm like, "Are you are you fucking yeah, kidding me?" Yeah, they did that for a while in New York too. They screwed themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah. hear that. You'd, you'd call a cab and they're like, yeah, there's one on the way. You'd sit at your house for an hour and then just no cab. And you call them back and they go, yeah, I, they didn't come. No. Yeah. I've had some really good cab experiences too. Yeah. In Manhattan, if I had to get from Stand Up New York to Comic Strip Live in 10 minutes, which is tight. Tight. It's like that scene with in Die Hard 3. You got to follow an ambulance with Samuel Jackson to get there in time. To stop the bomb. That's what it's like. <laughs> and I have 10 minutes to get there, and the comic is finishing up because I'm on the phone with the comic strip. I say to the cab driver, you got to get me there in 10 minutes. Okay. Putting the putting his life at risk and his, his family's income at risk, just fucking speeds through Central Park like a maniac to get me there on time. So I make sure I give him five extra dollars. I go, thank you. Fucking remember New Year's Eve, it was uh, 11.55, and I had to get to the cellar. I'm performing at 12.05, and also I want to be there for the ball drop. So we're thinking five minutes, five minutes. It was almost impossible. The guy did it. Wow. Know? And that guy had to spend New Year's Eve in this cab by himself. And I got to spend it on stage with comics. So that, you know, hey, count ten, yeah, count yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that guy kicked ass in Manhattan of all places. It sounds like I th- it sounds like cab drivers are the bigger lunatics. <laughs> That's I, why. I'd yeah, like Uber that. drivers like ah, uh, they're watching me in every aspect. I can't do. It. You're like, you got one minute to get me yeah. from fucking Staten Island. Well, that's, like, what, that's, that's what fucking. <laughs> he's like, buckle up. It turns into the DeLorean. <laughs> but, but also, it's like you are killing not you, but they no, are, no. Uber is taking the bulk of the money and killing the middle class. Yeah, kind of like like levity. The, what we were talking about before, levity mm-hmm. management company. 
um, uh, they bought a lot of the improvs, changed them into 500 seaters, and now they don't want middle class comics who make two grand, three grand. They want guys who can sell out. Right. 500 theaters. 500 Again, yeah. It's like, so why would you do a club? What you did is killed the middle class of comics. Yeah. yeah. So now, what happens when Norm MacDonald dies? Now there's nobody, because you fucking didn't take care of anybody. That's right. So yeah, like, you're right. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. That's, I hate when, it's just the middle class is just dying here in America, and it's sad, and they warned us about it 15 years ago, but it's really coming to fruition now. And every day there's another company that's taking all the money. Right. That's how I feel about it. Well, and it's tricking people to thinking that, hey, we're giving you jobs, but it's like they call it crowdsourcing. Yeah. So when they pick pick the, the, the what do you call it, the populace, yeah. hey, come drive for us and da 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 da. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah deliver yeah. groceries or or pick this up and bring it there. Yeah. And, you know, whatever it is. Hey, skip the dishes or yeah. is that a Canadian thing? Uh, skip the no, dishes? yeah, it's more like skip Uber Eats. Uber Eats. Uber Eats. And yeah, no, same yeah. shit, but yeah. it was like Uber Eats Postmates, saw that and went, went that oh, oh let's do that. It's, uh, it's amazing to me. One thing I found weird in this city, I just we got here and there's these scooters everywhere. Oh, the yeah. birds! Those bird scooters. I don't know what, the, what bird scooters are, but you're talking about little fucking Segway things. Yeah, they're like little Segway yeah, scooters just zipping that around they're electric and yeah. they just ditch them on the corners. And I looked it up, yeah. and 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 there's uh, the, I was like, who charges these things? Like, well, they're electric, so when what do you get charged and stuff? And uh, they're actually like crowdsourcing the charging, so you can actually get paid. For picking up these things, bringing them in your house, and plugging them in. I've been living here for 17 years, and I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you see scooters just ditched on the side of the road, those. I've yeah. never seen anything ditched on the side of the road besides homeless people. Probably not here. You're probably going to see them out in... in uh, <laughs> you're probably going to see them out in West Hollywood, where we're at. Oh, so, near the store, especially right in front. Do you see them parked out in front yeah, of the I store? Do. Everywhere. 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 Yeah. I haven't even noticed. Yeah. I like cars. That's right. Yeah, I like having a car. <laughs> Getting somewhere, well, you know, over myself. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the thing too. Yeah, I like as much as I do it. Like they're talking about uh, what was it? I read an article about how uh, because of Uber, it's not just going to hurt the cab industry; it's going to hurt the automotive industry because uh, people look at like, like for example, I have a small car, so I don't spend a lot on it, and I don't spend a lot on gas. Uh-huh. Right. Same with insurance. But my car in a in a conservative month cost me seven hundred dollars all said and done for gas and payments and everything like okay. that. So if I'm looking at my situation, it's like if I was spending less than $700 a month in Uber, it would be more prominent for me to do that than to, to have a car. Now, because I drive as a comic, I can't do that. I'm traveling between cities. I need my car. That's a lot of extra costs. But they're saying that like people are, are going to look at that. Like I, I talked to a guy in Toronto, nice big area town, rich money, whatever. He had a nice car in the driveway, but he's like, yeah, I he drove him all the way down young street into downtown he's like yeah i i take uber every day because it's it costs me less than right. it was it would to have a second car and he's like that's just it so i was like that makes a lot of sense they're moving towards the whole there aren't going to the auto drive cars right. they're moving towards that so it's basically just instead those, of having those are hackable what's that there was a video where they, they hacked into the guy's oh, car absolutely and they, oh, got, really? they made the guy drive 80 miles per hour and he was terrified they were changing his radio channels, and they were turning his witch <laughs> on, and they were driving like, anymore. Oh, I want to watch that. Terrified. It's like, that seems to me like a bad idea, but yeah. I'm, I don't want to be like one of those old men, like afraid of change. So I guess if they can make it safe, then it'll be yeah. fine. There'll be less accidents. Well, the way they look but at also, it. Also, what, what, do you want to leave Vegas at four in the morning? When you get done, I get done in Vegas at midnight. Right. Right? And I want to be home by, uh, I want to be home by 3.30. Right. I can do that. But eventually, if you have self-driving cars, 
eventually, if everybody has a self-driving car, then we're all going to be, they're going to force us to have these and they're going to force us to not drive and drive again. Well, they're not, they're actually, what they're looking at, uh, this article I read is not so much that we have our own self-driving car. Uh-huh. It's that the cities themselves have self-driving cars. So basically you get out somewhere, uh-huh. that car ditches you and goes, it's Uber without about, a driver. Not our generation. I'm saying yeah. once you introduce that in the future, it's right. going to be like, that's what we're all going to be. Yeah. That, that's when we're all going to be forced to have those and they're all going to be controlled. Right. So this way, it's way, like, to me, it's like, it's, it's, we're all going to be stuck at the same speed limit. Not us. We'll be dead. But it's going to be like the future where everyone's just getting in their car and they're just like, it's going to be like a big bus. Well, they'd probably have like, a, I, I don't know. I fuck, I don't know. I don't know anything. I shouldn't be designing these things. But I would think that there would be like an express lane for people who are mm-hmm. going out of the city. Like they have that now where there's like the big express places and yeah, the little yeah, side lanes. buy it. So at first they did the express line, the carpool in here. Right. And everybody was very excited about it. Then they privatized. Right. And now you got to pay. Buy a pass or whatever. Yeah. So now nobody takes it. And the first thing they said was in the news, well, I guess those are people, bless you. I guess those are people that were lying. They weren't carpooling and now they can't, they don't want to get caught. Like, no, you're charging us now for something that was for free. Right. So eventually these things come out and they seem nice and interesting, but eventually they become shitty. That's how I say it. And so I'm from New York and I expect things to go badly. And so I think that Uber and self-driving cars will eventually destroy us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. The way like Monsanto has been destroying us for God knows how long. They're like, uh, how who's do we? That? Who's that? Um, Monsanto. They're one of the big owners. They own like all the big food companies. I didn't know that. Yeah. They own Coke and Pepsi, Lipton's and Campbell's. So it's like that. Yeah. And they're big in the agricultural fertilizer business. Yeah. They make Terminator seeds. Yeah. So basically Monsanto will make a seed that you'll sell to a third world country. They're hungry. They need food. They got to buy seeds. Mm -hmm. So what they'll do is they'll buy a seed, but they've genetically engineered the seed so that when the thing grows, it doesn't make its own seeds so that you can just harvest those and plant them again. It's 100%. Yeah. And they're called Terminator seeds, which basically means that once you grow the crops, you have to buy the seeds again. You can't just harvest like a fucking. Yeah. But they, oh, dude, dude, one of the most evil companies in the entire world. You, if you Google Monsanto and what they own, they like every competing company they own both of. So like Lipton and Campbell's, you think oh, I don't like Lipton's and Campbell's. You're still buying from them. Wow. If you think about the Coke and Pepsi commercials, where in the same commercial, Coke and Pepsi's logos are being shown. Yeah. You're like, well, how how did the other company who's getting shit on give their permission to be in that? It's because the same fucking company owns them. But so you're saying that back in the old days when they had the Coke Pepsi challenge for Pepsi. In the 80s, yeah. you're saying at that time they were still owned by the same company? Because that was the time they used to show Coke in the Pepsi commercials. I don't think yeah. they were owned back then. The That's same what I'm saying. I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know when. But oh. then you would have to ask yourself, then yeah. why did why did the company basically, Coke, that's getting shit on, give permission for their logo I, to be shit on? I think in the 80s, uh, I think that you were cool with that because Coke was the shit back in the 80s. And nobody liked Pepsi. So and, Pepsi's cool with being shit on in the commercials? No, no. Pep, if you watch Coke commercials, they never mention Pepsi. That's how cool Coke is. Cool now, uh, but this is this is also then, my, yeah. this is also what I think about America and Canada. America never mentions Canada on stage. Occasionally, you go to Canada and <laughs> half the jokes are about America. You know what I mean? Right. So you guys are like Pepsi, and we're like Coke, because <laughs> Coke never mentions Pepsi. 
Well, I remember commercials where there would be there would be Coke drivers, like there'd be a, a Pepsi driver. He's got his little Pepsi hat on his Pepsi truck and everything, and he pulls into a, a store or a station or whatever, and the Coke truck is there too. And you see him sort of sneaking around the Pepsi driver grabbing a Coke. And the whole idea is even the guys who are Pepsi are drinking Coke. So I'm going Pepsi. You sure it wasn't the opposite? Yeah, with them I've seen really, both. Yeah. I've honestly seen both. Commercials okay. were both I've logos. Seen, I've never seen Coke mention Pepsi in an ad, but maybe it's different up there. Well, the whole ad was like Coke is so great that even the Pepsi drivers want to drink Coke. And that's essentially Coke mentioning pepsi going we're better well i've never seen that commercial fair I've never seen Coke i, mentioned I have there's a whole series okay. of them but what i say about that is like if you're pepsi it's like hey by the way we want to make commercials can we put your logo and we're going to shit on your brand so the, the message is your stuff is not as good as ours you cool with that it's not as bad as the seeds thing that's no crazy. no no yeah but that's the thing so and, and there's also been the uh, cases too where like Horrible. where monsanto has had Horrible. farms near other farmers and their seeds and things like that and their, their crops have pollinated blown in the wind pollinated with another farmer you know ways away and monsanto sued that person into existence because their their seed you know, you've got our property growing on your things like what do you mean i had my farm your shit blew over here and pollinated with mine yeah the and big like, debate as well too is they're they're known for um patenting uh genetic compounds and like seeds and 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 yeah. their genetic organisms and so even if your your um your plants that are don't don't have any of that genetic compound in uh. it eventually will get put into you can they'll they'll sue you yeah we already owned that strain before your thing evolved into it because nature's taking its course and it's sort of absorbing so what's long, around it and, yeah. i just didn't like uber yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the point, so we the point discussion. that I was getting yeah. at is, is in terms of us destroying ourselves with technology, yeah. we've been destroying ourselves with chemicals and our I food for fucking ever. But, you know, there's a way. Like, my uh, brother still has no social media network. I think that's amazing. I, I envy I him. love it. I love the fact that he doesn't, he's not, he's like Ron from Parks and Recreation. Okay. Like, he's like, nope, erase <laughs> all pictures of Ron. He, like, he, he doesn't, like, there's nothing of him online. You know, it's like he doesn't even exist. And you're the opposite. Because I have to be. <laughs> yeah. I have to get right. fucking five tickets. But you know what? The people, very rarely do they buy the tickets. They all, like, they see the they see the show on Facebook and they go, can you get me in for free? Yeah, and that's go, not cool. No. And then they go, okay, I'm not gonna, I don't think I can make it. So really, what am I doing on there? You know, that's what I'm saying. This job stinks. <laughs> it was fun when I started. It was great when I started. Well, you've done you've done a lot, dude. You're very accomplished. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, the acting stuff is my is the best. I just was on shame. I was just gonna say. Yeah, I just was, was looking for a way to bring that and up. I was happy because they left it alone. A lot of times when you're a guest role on shows, they edit the shit out of you. If the show's a minute long, you're the first person to get edited. Right. Like I remember on Harry's Laws, a show I did with Kathy Bates, and I had to say, um, I had to say, uh, I was playing a priest. I said a parishioner of mine uh, took his own life. Uh, and then I do a pause, and you can see I'm affected by it. And I go, but before he did. And then, so what they did was eliminate all the pauses. Uh-huh. So I go, a prisoner of mine took his own life, but before he did. It was like, it was like you just made me look like a bad actor. Yeah. And I was annoyed at that. I right. still was happy to be on the show. But like Shameless and Mad Men, uh, they left it all there. And I, I like Mad Men, when I saw Mad Men, they left, I ad-libbed uh, physicalness, and they left it in. Like every eye roll, every huff and puff was all in the, in there, and that I love that kind of shit. Yeah, you know. Anyway, but you got a wide range. Like you go everywhere from like say Shameless to all the way to, to like to, Wizards of Waverly yeah, Place, right? Shit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're doing kids yeah. shows and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Yeah, you know? but uh, I when I first started, I wanted to do comedy acting, and then I did that <clears> for a very long time, 
And you were on my, Stacked, right? I was at Stacked with Pam Anderson for two years, and I had a pilot with ABC in between, and I had a pilot for NBC, and I did an NBC sitcom called Three Sisters. So for And it was all multi-camera shoots. From 2001 to 2007, I made a very good living. And then the writer strike came and right. stopped that shit. The reality TV came Yeah, in. and it just stopped that momentum. And the one thing you need in America is a momentum. And so they took my momentum away. Well, the point I was trying to make is now uh, I like dramas more because when you do a multicam comedy, you have to deliver the line a certain way for it to get a laugh. Uh, you read it and you go, well, I got to do it this way. I have to do it that way. I got to do it. I can do it maybe one of two ways. But when you do uh, a drama, you there's literally no wrong way. And it's a lot of fun to have that kind of freedom to just... Uh, you, you could literally do a scene a million different ways. And I fucking love that. You know, and you could, and there's no wrong way. And there's a lot of uh, freedom and exploration. And it's way more fulfilling, I think, than comedy sometimes. With a stand up comedy, you guys know the joke has to be done the same way every time. I mean, yeah. you could tell, you could tell it to slower. To make sure it works everywhere. Yeah, you yeah. could tell it slower if the crowd's quieter. You could tell it a little louder, you know, but really, it's got to be delivered the same fucking way. Yeah. And with drama, it's not. And I, that, to me, now in my older age, is more fulfilling than comedy is. Which is why I think I like acting more. It's also more zen. Like if you more truly, money. What's that? More money, too. More money. And if you truly, yeah. in, less now, because the fucking, they figured out that we all need the money now because of the writer's strike, that yeah. we're all dying. So they uh, now pay us less. So Jeez. it's it's hard. Talking about middle class. Is killers. there a solution to it? If there is, I'm not smart enough to come up with it. Mm. Yeah, because you know, it's, just, it's like one of those things away. where if one says one person says, "Ah, oh, it's not enough money," they will. It's like a comic. No, well, yeah, I'm not doing it for that money. They'll find somebody else to yeah. scab to cross the line and do it for less. For example, in two thousand, yeah, exactly. Two thousand seven on Harry's Law, I made ten grand, and then when I made did Castle, I made three grand, and three grand after twenty five percent commission to agents and managers and thirty percent taxes, I made nothing. Yeah, you yeah. know, but uh, so it's. That's why Jeffrey Wright was bagging groceries, you know, the Cosby show. Yeah. It's like, because now we're all making crap. And you look at Jeffrey Wright's IMDb page. He did like six things this year. Yeah. That should have been enough five years ago, you know, but the money's gone down. You seen you seen the resurgence of, of good television recently, considering that we're starting to see a lot of online streaming we're services. Stuff. We're seeing yeah. better stuff, but the money's less. Is it? Yeah. Hmm. It looks like, from the outside, it looks like the golden age of acting, but it's not. But I, you know, I love Netflix. I fucking, I love Impractical Jokers. I love fucking uh, Ozark. I fucking, uh, I, I love it. You know, I fucking watch these shows and I, I dig them. And they're great. And I wish I was on them. But I also know that they're not making as much money as we think they are. Right. The producers are. Yeah. You know? Anyway, that's fine. We're almost, everything, everything turns negative after a while. If you let me well, fuck. No, but I, one of the things that I like about this and that, that, us seemingly at least from the feedback i'm getting is my audience likes is they don't want to be bullshitted like this uh, is yeah. they get to see everything when they're watching tv or whatever and then they get to come here and they actually get to hear a little bit of honesty and what shit's really like yeah so yeah it's it, what was it dave Chappelle was like every time they they somebody sees an actor who leaves or disappears for a while everyone's like oh what's wrong with that person or whatever yeah. what happened to him whatever and he said it's maybe it's not the person maybe it's that the industry we're in is sick yeah you know I agree with that. Like, for example, I've been watching Becker. I love MeTV. Okay. MeTV is a channel that plays everything from the 80s and 70s. Yeah. I, I DVR Barney Miller. I DVR 
WKRP in Cincinnati. Wow, classic. I DVR Benson just to get a little diet in there. And I look at Robert Guillaume first of all, and I go, Robert Guillaume was great, and nobody credits him for being one of the first black people to do fucking great shit. Right. He's never on the list, but he's fucking great. Really funny. And he was a positive. He was a fucking, he was a, the governor's budget you know, yeah. guy. So anyway, uh, so he, uh, I forgot where I was going with this. So MeTV, they have a show called Becker. Yeah. Now on Is that Beck, the one with Ted Danson? Yeah. Ted Danson, yeah. yeah. And it was a good show. And then they got rid of the romantic lead, and they got rid of the bad guy, and what? And and then they replaced them both. Now the people they replaced them with are fine, but it was like you those the bad guy drove the script, like Shelley Long drove the script on Cheers. Right. Like her performance, not only did the character. Oh, it changed so much when (laughs) when she left. Yeah. Well, not only did the character uh, drive the script, but her performance drove everybody's performance. So this bad guy, whose name I don't even know, he played Jimmy, he pushed everything. And then they got rid of him for whatever reason. So who knows what the reason was. Maybe he just wanted a fucking uh, a $50 fucking raise. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. And it didn't happen. So they got rid of him and her. And then the show wasn't good anymore. And I, you, you wonder, they always blame the guy. They blame the guy. Like I did a show where they wanted to write more fat jokes about me. Mm. And I told them. I'm not emotionally strong enough to have my weight being ridiculed by other people on television week after week. Yeah. And I said, why don't I just leave? And this way I can be friends with you. I can be friends with Warner Brothers. And why don't we just why don't we just part ways? Yeah. And they said, no, they want you. Then they proceeded to do more fat jokes. And, of course, I wasn't emotionally strong enough to handle it. So mm-hmm. I spoke up here and there. And then they got rid of me. And now they blame me. But is it really me when I told them? Yeah. You know what I mean? So- no, I agree 100%. I had I had a show that was a stupid little web series that was going to give me like, they weren't even going to pay me for the day. I didn't know that. They're like, hey, we wanted we want you for this thing on a show or whatever, a web series. Yeah. I go, cool, how was it paid? And they're like, oh, oh, uh, well, <laughs> let me get back to you. Text message 15 minutes later. Oh, we can give you 100 bucks for an hour. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. for acting is still not enough. But I'm like, whatever, I'll do it. I'm an up and coming up. This is years ago. Yeah. And they're like, they want you to play a dinosaur. And I was like, dinosaur. okay. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that uh, that these kids were doing a telethon to to raise money. It was a kid's show. Raise money for telethon to buy the world's last living dinosaur. Uh-huh. And when they get it, it's a fat guy who comes out of a crate and is like, oh, I'm a dinosaur. It was just, it was goofy. Uh-huh. But they asked me like, okay, so you're, can you wear this? Like they wanted me to wear, you know, these Hawaiian shorts and a Hawaiian shirt with, yeah. with my shirt open and my belly hanging out. And I'm yeah. like, I'm not comfortable enough in my body yeah. to do that. I said, no. And they're like, could, could you just actually have like no shirt at all? Would you yeah. just take the shirt? Fine. And I go, and I go, no, I won't. Come on. Like really? Not? I, no, I go, you're not paying me enough for that. Yeah. And, and the idea that it's, yeah. And then, then they hand me the sandwich. We got you a sandwich. Yeah. Want you to hold too. It was like, it was just the fat, like be fat and fucking. Now, there are, I've tried to share this with some of the comics, how I felt, and yeah. they didn't understand and they got on my ass about it. But I was like, there are some guys that are cool with it. I am not. Yeah. So why should I be forced or made to feel bad about doing something I didn't want to do? Yeah. And it wasn't like if they wanted to make me a regular from recurring, maybe I'll think about it. Yeah. You know, but they didn't. They wanted me to be recurring with the same bad money and to have to have actors who I was way better than tell me I was ugly and tell me I couldn't get laid. Like the pilot, I had I was a bigamist and had six wives. Now suddenly I've never been laid. Right, and I'm looking at the writers, and I'm seeing the writers' wives, and I go, "Your wife is disgusting." I was like, "My girlfriend is at home, and she's way better looking than your wife." And you're telling America I can't get laid, yeah. and then they go, "Well, you're playing a part." No, I'm not. I'm playing a part, sure, but they're talking about my body. 
Yeah. This is my body. You want to put me in prosthetics? I'm going to make me fatter? Sure. Yeah. But you're not doing that. You're sending me, like, you know. Yeah, you're telling, you're, yeah, and you're, and you're reinforcing that. You're telling the. Yeah. And some actors would be fine with that. Right. I talked to, um, I don't even know if he wants to be brought up. I talked to a guy from Mike and Molly, not Billy Gardell. Okay. I talked to another uh, heavy set actor on that show who's a friend of mine. And he goes, he goes, yeah. He's like, you should have just kept your mouth shut and done it. He's like, I've been in that position before. You know, and so he, and he was like, it made me very uncomfortable, but I did it. It's like, it goes, it for you, he's made a very good point. He goes, for you, it's a week, but really it's, it's five seconds on a television screen. And I go, okay, that's a very good point. So yeah, I'm being ridiculed for a week in rehearsal, but really it's five seconds on TV. So he made a very good point. So since then I've adapted and let them make fun of me a little more. But it exists forever. If it's something that's, it's yeah, like, yeah, everyone's saying it all yeah. week. I, I get pro, it. There's pros and cons. All I knew is I told them I wasn't going to be able to handle it very well. And they, they were like, sure. And then it just got worse and worse. Literally, they wanted, they wanted, they, they, there was a joke about me being sweaty because I was fat. Okay. So they didn't tell me that they were going to throw water on me. So literally, they go, action. And they threw water on me. And I had to just act. And I did the scene. And I got up and went to the writers and said, what the fuck? And I complained. Yeah. And that was the, pretty much the reason they let me go, because I was came over to them and complained. But really, this is you can't say that this is me, because that's unheard of. Yeah. You don't do that. Like, I remember, uh, who was that? Oh, God, that, who, Patty Duke. Patty Duke's son is um, Sean Astin from uh, Goonies, yep. and also yep. Mackenzie Astin. Mackenzie asked him was on a TV show as a little kid and there was a scene where he had to cry so before they started the scene they just sprayed his eyes with shit and he was upset because it hurt Yeah, and he was a little kid and Patty Duke showed up and yelled at the entire cast and crew for doing that to her son now she knows that it, that's fucked up to do but the show couldn't take the blame much like the comedy clubs yeah. with the bad waitresses they can't take the blame I'm the one who's to blame so I'm gone yeah. And I'm the one who had a bad rep there for a year because they couldn't just say it was their fault. Well, that's, that's one of the biggest things people have issue with is taking accountability. Yeah. It's like, just, I have problems with that too. I get it. That's how I noticed. That's why I didn't recognize what it is. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, you know, they threw water on me. It was fucked up. They didn't even tell me about it. Well, that's the, like, like I said, that's, that's the part too. Is I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, Hey, I don't feel emotionally strong with this. And yeah. Okay. Like, it's five seconds on film. And I get that. So in terms of just the experience, yeah. this is what, this is what we film. This is what shows. But at the end of the day, that's there forever. And I can see people like I yeah. say, let's say that builds the popularity or whatever. All right. Now you got people coming up on the street thinking they're part of it and they're trying to be funny. Now you got strangers yeah. saying shit like that. Yeah, they, you know yeah, people I mean? like, put, put cigarettes out in Curly's eyes. In the three stooges. Really? Yeah. Really? They woke up and they put the cigarettes out in his eyes. That's <laughs> insane. As if he was a cartoon character. So that wouldn't fly in any other job. <laughs> yeah. That's what right. I'm saying. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the thing too. People just like they think we're clowns. They think ah, I don't give a fuck, yeah. and it's yeah. like what I hate is when, when when an audience member heckles me with an evil heckle, and then they go, and then later on they want a picture of me. I go, oh no, thank you, and they go, why are you upset? I go, yeah, well, you're a comic. You should be able to take it. I'm like, what makes you think that? Did yeah. anything in my mouth on stage make fun of anybody for the way they look? Yeah. So why do you think it was okay to do it to me? And I don't do that. There's different types of comics. Yeah. There's Dennis Miller. There's Eric. There's Eddie Griffin. You know, there's very different types of this uh, huge spectrum. The Stephen Wright, the fucking yeah. earthquake. There's a fucking huge difference. Yeah. And you can't say that earthquake should be able to handle what Stephen Wright handles. And Stephen Wright should be able to handle what earthquake handles. It's not fair. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. And at the same time, why why is yelling something derogatory at like why again, we're not we're not a fucking dancing bear. Yeah. We're not here for you to just oh throw shit at me and do this and that. No, that's that's part of it. Stand up comedy is you sit there and be quiet. I'm gonna talk. If it's funny, you laugh. That's yeah. it. Not 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 try to make it about you. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the only job. I always say it's the only job in the world where people show up and talk. Like you don't go see a live band or start playing a trombone in the crowd, but yet somehow this is acceptable. And I think I know why. Because every time there's a movie about stand up comedy, or every time there's a TV show where they involve stand up comedy, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Cartland becomes a stand up. Yeah, there's always a heckle scene because they're interesting. Yeah. So that's why they think this is part of the fucking job. Yeah. But it's not. I just got off a fucking airplane. You think I flew here saying, I hope somebody interrupts me for the entire time. Yeah. It's amazing. People would people would yell like people yell at movie theaters. People would yell more in movie theaters if the movie stopped and responded to them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, Everyone's yeah. looking for their little moment of fame. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be a part of this. People yell out during tapings because they want they want to be heard on the recording. I'll ask you a question. Every comic I know feels this way. Worst uh okay, whether it's a person or persons, okay. worst people to have in the crowd. Yeah, I'm sure you, bachelorette parties. Yeah, it. oh, okay. Nothing worse than Without a group a doubt. of women. Yeah. A group of women feel empowered Chatty. and you become the person in charge, so now you're the target. For every everything that they felt held them down their entire life, as if somehow I went to their house and held them down. Yeah. So they come after me. I'm, like, I'm just telling poo poo jokes. Yeah. Leave me alone. And they're oh, in, and they're, they're entitled yeah. and they're feeling like yeah. it's their it's time. It's our and, night, so yeah. it's all about us. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah, not about you. But, it's all about yeah. And I like making them upset when I know the club takes my back. Right. Yeah. But otherwise, I'll just fake it. Ah. I hope things are good. Congratulations. Best of luck. I just keep killing them. Nope. I've started. I've st- I've got a, a, a can thing that I say every time. I seem to win the crowd over with it every time. What's that? It's I'm my borrow. Sure. I, <laughs> what, I, what I say to them is every time there's like hot chicks or whatever, they just won't shut up, whatever. I yeah. go, hey, can I talk to you for a second? And they're like, they'll be like, what's that? Like, they, they think it's going to be positive. So they give me a little cute. I go, I go, you can't pull that cute shit on me. So here's the things. A lot of hot girls don't know this, but ladies, your powers only work on guys that think they can fuck you. I know exactly what I look That's like. Fine. Your shit doesn't work on me. I go, and you might not know this either, but I can make me come faster than you can. So shut the fuck That's up. That's funny. You're like, oh, it's just, and it's, and the crowd loves it. Because again, all of them think I gotta be nice to these girls. So to just yeah, see someone fun. like That's me, great. just take yeah, them yeah. down and be like, you're fucking nothing. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes when I, this used to happen a lot, I always think that guys heckle female comics and females heckle guy comics because they don't they don't feel there's any retribution gonna happen because of the opposite sex. Right. But I haven't been heckled by a guy in a long time. Um, and usually when I used to, I used to go after his girlfriend. And it was always awesome because I knew, I was like, you're going to fuck with my livelihood? Yeah. Now, you don't know that maybe I won't be invited back because of this. So I go after the guy. I go after the guy, his girlfriend, because I know that they're going to have a fight later because of this. And she's going to blame him. <laughs> so I always say, uh, hey, why are you dating an asshole like that? I was like, a lot of girls date assholes and they think, oh, you don't know him like I do. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's an asshole to us. He's nice to you because you fuck him. You fill him full of asshole confidence and he goes out and he's an asshole to the rest of us. Yeah. So that makes you an asshole. So now they are two assholes. Now you're going to have a kid that's three assholes. And plus, plus all the nice guys you turned down, they're all going to be assholes too. So now they got 16, 17 assholes walking around all because you're to be a whore. And the crowd usually goes crazy. <laughs> and then the two of them are going to have an argument later. And I got the guy back. I tagged, I tagged him back. Fuck you. Circle of life. Yeah. But I haven't had to do that in a while because only women have heckled me lately. Yeah. 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 But I don't get heckled a lot. 
which is fine. Well, heckled, does, heckled doesn't mean in America, heckled means uh, interruption to me. That's yeah. But also, I'm going to say this: in Canada, I've been heckled once, twice. Once was by a guy on coke in Montreal, and once was by an American in Edmonton. Yeah. And the entire and I play Canada a lot. It, yeah, it doesn't happen as much in Canada, and no. I don't I don't know why that is. I don't know if the crowds well, are Canada's more respectful. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're nice. And America's all about me, 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 me. But I've seen shows where there was someone who was just, they wouldn't stop talking. Really? They're interrupting constantly. But I, I also do a lot of crowd work. So I'll go up real early and fucking almost, you know, yeah, you establish dominance. Yeah. And then they kind of go, I don't know okay. if I want to engage yeah, in that. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it wasn't deliberate. I actually got to a point in my career where I wasn't writing ever uh-huh. and I was sick of the jokes. So I'm like, well... Maybe I'll just talk to them and force myself to work some sort of yeah. comedy muscle. So I just did several years of just crowd work, which is lazy, but that muscle work. I'm not going to judge you for that. Thank do you, you find the, do you find the audiences lately have been getting smarter about it? Like I feel like back in the day they were you know respected. Yeah, I do think all rooms are the same, but it all depends on who's there. If you get a mix, it's good. But I there are some clubs that want to hear the same jokes all the time. Like there's a club in Cleveland. I'm not going to say which one. They want to hear the same shit all the time. White people are dicks. Uh, white girls like black guys. Black guys have bad credit. They just want to hear those jokes over and over again. Yeah. And I'm just I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't I don't do that. They want to hear like the hacky stereotype. Like, I'm, I'm not going to change who I am just because just this is what you want to hear. And so what I do is I just get through that week and always try to play their competition. And I love doing that. I love... Like doing bad in a room and then going across town and playing their competition because I know they see it and I know they don't understand and I and then they I, then they've called me sometimes so like, you're playing there now well, yeah well how come well because you guys fucking yelled at me I'm like okay <laughs> so now I'm over here and they like me here so I'm gonna be playing here for now I fucking really get a thrill out of that I've done it in Arizona I've done it in fucking Cleveland I'll always do it I fucking and I go after that club. Like I'll write them once a month just to fucking, I'm going to get that fucking club. And I'm going to fucking upset this club. <laughs> I have a little grudge. I have a little chip on my shoulder sometimes. <laughs> no. Anyway. So you went, I, what I wanted to know is I meant to ask this earlier is you were in New York. Yeah. Heyday. Amazing fucking lineups. Like you said, in the yeah, clubs. Wonderful. Did you move here? Like what, what brought you here? The TV show. I did. I did a pilot in 2001 called everything but the girl. It had Tiffany Amber Thiessen in it. It had Mackenzie Aston, which I've been talking about before, uh, and a bunch of other guys. And it was written by Steve Korn, who wrote Saturday Night Live, wrote for Saturday Night Live and wrote for uh, Seinfeld, the show. So he had his own pilot, and I uh, they uh, flew me out to audition for it, and I got it. And then they uh, flew me out to do it two weeks, and then I flew home. And then I got a phone call saying that one of the writers of that show had another show, and he would like me to read for that show. So I read for that show in New York, and then two days later, I got the part and had uh, three days to move. I literally had three days to fucking move. Jesus Christ. So I just, uh, I had a roommate at the time. I gave, wrote a check for the rest of the six months. I think I left most of my shit in my room. Poor guy. He's still pissed at me. <laughs> and I just moved. Moved to uh, fucking California. Stayed in the hotel for two weeks. Michael Jackson was on the floor above me. I remember. I think he might have been not in the room above me, but he was right the above floor. me. The yeah, floor. Yeah, on the floor. Yeah, and I stayed there for so long that they started to get worried. I, I was gonna. I didn't. I was gonna run out, skip out in the building. Oh. They, they would come up and knock on my door. I'd go, you okay? And they would just be 
like literally room service carts all over the place. I just I just locked the room and smoked weed and all acted. <laughs> but it was tremendous fun, and the career started. I really do think if it wasn't for that writer strike and it wasn't for well, losing my momentum, I lost my powerful agents. And I do think that if that hadn't happened, I'd be in a lot. I'd be I'd be working still as a a regular on stuff. But it's like I remember talking to Tracy Morgan. Okay. And Tracy Morgan was like, "How could you be blaming the writer strike?" He's like, "You you can't. You keep using that excuse." And I was like, it's "Like you were on. T- you were famous already, man." You, yeah. you were fucking on Sun Alive and you were on 30 Rock during the Rider Strike. Yeah. It's like you were famous already. That's not fair. Yeah. You know? It's like the rest of us, I know people who had to move that they're not here anymore. And guys who lost their houses. I know guys who committed suicide. Yeah. Because their careers stopped because of the Rider Strike. Whether they were writers or actors, like you have a certain window to make it. And if they, you can have a comeback. Yeah. You know? Well, dude, you're doing the one man podcast. This is the beginning. I, I really think this is the biggest <laughs> step back, guys. The stepping stone for this you. This is the first step. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. might be a very long period of time before the next one, but if right. anything, I'm taking credit for this big. Sounds good. <laughs> we talked about a lot of shit. I, a lot of shit I don't even bring up on podcasts. You guys got it. Uh, hey, well, I, dude, I appreciate I think it. Was the donuts and the wheat. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I definitely was very relaxed. I told you some stories I never say on podcasts. Well, thanks, dude. You know, I, dude, I always love talking with you. It's never, it's yeah, never yeah, boring. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. Brian, it's never boring. No, uh, which sounds like a weird thing to say. So, hey, it's never boring. No, but there's, hey, it's it's always a blast. Uh, yeah. You know, weed's legal in Canada now. Eh? Well, I know. Well, I, to be honest, I always thought it was. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we acted, acted like, like it, it was. Yeah. Well, now was, it's I official. Was on the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being in Edmonton, smoking it in front of the, in front of the mall. Yeah, like now it turns out I shouldn't have been doing that the whole it's, time. Basically, wow. it's less fun now because it's you're allowed to. Oh, that's funny. Thanks, <laughs> thanks guys, for protecting me up there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking for. I'll, I'll probably be back in June. I got to go hold of Jay. Yeah, but uh, that's what I'm looking for is June or July or May. Actually, oh, I got a May date. That's right. That'd be nice. And I got a May. Weather date will be decent. Let's, yeah. Well, I think so. We'll see if see if he goes for it. I wait. I purposely didn't book it this year because I wanted to switch to the summer. So I know he was tired of having me there for Christmas anyway. The Christmas parties need other comics. Can't be me every year. Right, right. So I was like, you know, I might I might just take a break, you know, and just get a basically playing absolute with the exchange rate and the fact you're there for a week. You're not pocketing a lot of money. Right. But it basically is a free flight home right. to New York. That's right. So I'm going to treat it like that. Yeah, smart. Yeah. Smart. Have you done New Year's yet? Uh, well, absolute? I'd absolutely. No. What happens then? Just it's a it's more money because it's New Year's, right? So the mm. special shows they pay more. There's two shows. Mm. Just uh, but if you do that, if you've done the Christmas, there's not a lot of Christmas parties that week. So yeah. the week of Christmas and New Year's. I like being in New York for New Year's. This year yeah. I'll be in Tampa. Oh, right. but it's uh, I like the club a lot. It's a club is fucking awesome. It's full of Italian New Yorkers, which is weird because it's in Florida. So it's like Italian New Yorkers in shorts. Retired. Well, yeah, so then I feel very comfortable because I'm an Italian New Yorker. So it pretty much is a whole audience full, full of those people. It's a great club called Size Splitters. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a wonderful club. I've heard wonderful of club. Owners fine and funny. But uh, so yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I love New York for Christmas. New York's way to be for Christmas. Uh, for I I want to go for for New Year's. Yeah. I've never I've never seen. Don't a ball go to drop. Times Square. They Don't always, not even once uh, to get it out of your fucking system. I've lived there and I never went there for Times Square. Never. Not not for New Year's Eve. No. You still to this day have still, never seen the ball drop on New Year's Eve. Never will. Not worth it. Really? Why, why stand in a crowd 
Do you have any other acting gigs coming up that you're excited about? Uh, you can no, this year talk I had, about? Or? I had six things this year, and they all aired already. Good. Yeah. So, so I what was fun about this year is that I knew I had another one already coming up. So I was like, I did Superior Donuts. They edited it. They edited it pretty tightly, and I was like, well, at least I have. I'm dying up here coming up, and then I'm dying yeah. up here. And I, I was it. happy with. I was happy with that. Season, I, were you season two? Uh, yeah. 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 And I haven't I, seen all of it yet, dude. I'm so it excited. It was a really fast part. But they left it all in. Like, it was something that was performance-oriented, and they left it in. And I had a Snapple commercial where I played a fucking mango. I saw that on your Instagram, uh, which I want to share with everybody because your Instagram is fucking great. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, dude, it's so funny. Yeah, just, okay. So funny. I did one today where I'm, like, scared in a car wash. Oh, really? I'm like a dog in a car wash. Terrified. <laughs> I like the uh, the TV one with all the jingles. Yeah. That, that, was, that was from, like, yesterday the day before. I've been for a while. I yeah. literally had to write them all down because I was like, this is going to be work. <laughs> but I still forgot one. J.G. Wentworth. You guys have that up there? Yeah. J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Of course, yeah. yeah we forgot. That was the big... I forgot that one. But I had I put them all up there. I like I like your cuts, too. Where it's like you're looking at the last cut, but it's clearly not there. So you'll do something, and then you'll you'll ch- ch- change it. angles. Yeah. But then you're bringing your head over from yeah. where the last one was. Yeah. I, 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 I just want I people to understand that. that. It's, a, it's a different... Yeah. It's not just a different angle, but it's the move from the last angle to the new mm-hmm. one. Like you have a three-camera shoot or whatever yeah. going on. I fucking love it. <laughs> Thanks, it makes bro. me laugh my fucking ass. Yeah. But it's like... But that's those little extra things... It's it's extra performance. It's extra value. It's yeah. extra. It's extra production value. Shows they, but the, the Instagram wants you. These people want you to spend fifty bucks to get a hundred thousand followers, and I ain't gonna do it. No, no, I'm fuck that. Like I'm not sure what kind of money they're making. I have all sorts of tips people have taught me to get Instagram followers, and they work. I just can't be bothered to do it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. But, but what hap- What kind of money do you make from Instagram? Yeah, I I don't know. So I'm saying any. if I get a hundred thousand followers from Instagram, what am I gonna do with that? The argument that I've heard is just, well, if you have these followers and you tell them that you're going to be in your city, well, then they come. You've got people who are watching your advertisements uh, for, hey, I'm here, come see it, versus paying Facebook to, to put your poster out everywhere. Now you get 100,000 people I'm not see paying, it. I haven't paid anybody, which is why I'm not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. How long is this interview? Three hours? You want me to stop? Oh, no, we stopped. Sorry. Yeah, I just, we're, we're, time we're, losing, we're losing momentum. All right. Well, well you, uh, I saw you yawn before. Oh, dude, it's because I'm not sleeping. We're out till fucking two o'clock in the morning. Where are you guys staying? The hotel, yeah. Airbnb, Airbnb. Another the Uber of hotels. Now you're killing yeah. the middle class of hotels. Listen, those, those hotel billionaires—they're suffering. They're, they're yeah. <laughs> no, no, that I they're helping. That, no? I, understand I understand that. One. They're trying to buy a third private jet for their kids. Yeah. The worst was uh-huh. Calgary. Oh, that club in Calgary with the condo. Oh, that was the worst condo we've ever been in. It was an Airbnb. The entire house was an Airbnb, except for this one room they gave to a con- to comics. <laughs> and it was a nightmare. Sounds like it. Stomping on your head, French screaming, fucking uh, girls above you stomping. It was a nightmare. It was one of the worst, one of the worst experiences I had on the road. And then when it ended, I went outside and I saw the Northern Lights. Never seen the Northern Lights before. Wow. So that was a good trip. Except because it ended on that. That's one way. Like if you're not on TV and you're playing the road, the one good thing is you have these little experiences. Like I can remember. Uh, Sitting in Ottawa, absolute, and having a great time with all the comics and the waitstaff. That to me is why I play Ottawa because I enjoy getting drunk with the waitstaff. Yeah, I don't enjoy the the drinking bill afterwards. Right. Like, okay, you drank. Wow, you drank a lot. That's because Canada measures their drinks. <laughs> yep. You know, fucking man. Even it's more of a Jason measures the yeah. drinks. No, but every club I play in Canada they measure the drinks. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. You have My to. Yeah. Do you have to? Yeah, under smart serve, you can't over serve. Yeah. Oh, well, Every club in Canada measures their drinks. It's annoying. I want it is. 
Yeah. But I'm, other clubs that kind of don't charge you. The mix doesn't charge you. That's uh, what, Vancouver? And the nest the doesn't yeah, charge The, the nest Vancouver. and the mist don't charge it. Yeah. The nest and the mist. Next in, nest and the mix. The uh, House of Comedy doesn't charge it. You listening, Jason? Yeah, he's not listening. I'll tell him. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No, don't tell him. (laughs) Stop being such a cheap fuck, Jay. Dude, you guys have no idea how many times I do interviews with comics. I'm always shitting on Jay. There's also three hours in it. I don't know if he's gonna make it that far. (laughs) (laughs) But I I like the guy and I like the club. And thanks, it was great seeing you, dude. Always a pleasure seeing you. I, uh, I, I, thanks for the time, man. Inviting us to your home. Cool. Where do I see see you next? Whoa, where am I performing next? Uh, I'm all over the place. I'm in. Uh, oh, he's pulling out the book. I got the music. Oh. The music's queuing up here. The fucking. Uh, okay, I'm at Stir Crazy Comic Club in Phoenix, November first through third. I'm doing a benefit on November tenth in uh, Chicago, playing Pachanga Casino in Temecula, California, fifteenth through eighteenth. Then I'm playing Florida a lot, Coral Springs, West Palm Beach, Comedy Inn in Miami. Followed by New York City, and then I'll be uh, City Steam in Hartford at the end of December, and New Year's Eve in Side Splitters in Tampa. And then I'm playing The Nest in January. That's fucking awesome, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing the show, bro. Thanks for having me. Thanks.